This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Here we go. All right, everybody. This is the Thundercast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Thundercast. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. My name is Liam. And my name is John. John Tasker, friend with a show, a friend of a show here of another podcast that just talks about movies. That's right, everybody. Here we are for our very first live show. We are on the air on both Twitch and YouTube, I hope. Um, if you are watching right now, don't be afraid to message us in the chats, and we'll answer them periodically throughout the episode. Um, today, we are going to be talking about our least favorite movies, uh, just to kind of give us a callback to our very first episode for those of you who have been listening since the very beginning. Um, oh, we got uh, we got one person already in the chat. Hello, hello, welcome to the Thundercast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, today we are talking about our least favorite movies. Today we are sponsored by our patrons, which you will receive a special shout out at the end of the show. And we are coming to you live from right here. Yeah, we're actually live. Yeah, no, no it's more, really no stupid jokes this time. We're actually yeah, no. doing a live. We're, we're not in Cambodia. We're not in Cambodia. No. We're not in Iron Man's tool shed. We're actually not here. on Liam's lap. No. Yeah. <laughs> Though we wish we could be. That's right. Yeah, we, yeah. we're not, we're not three dudes in a trench coat doing business. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know the the drill, everybody. If you've watched the show before, we're gonna launch right into the ingestion. Um, since we have John here for the first part of the show for the ingestion here, let's let him start. So, John, what have you been watching? Great, thank you. Um, so, I got a few things on my list here. Um, to start, a while ago, I watched Walk the Line for the oh, first yeah. time with Joaquin and Reese, and uh, I was severely disappointed by it. To be really? honest, I think wow. like it's just like there's there's uh, a certain way that all these biopic musical biopics go and it's been pointed out in a lot of different ways by a lot of different people yeah, um, patrick willems yes <laughs> who is, uh, shout outs to him he's one of my favorites um but yeah so i decided to give it a watch because i wanted to watch it for a long time and i didn't like it it wasn't like engaging for me at all it just like hit the beats that i i like literally laughed out loud at one point when they tried to offer him drugs because it like just seemed it was just like honestly laughable. Um, it's funny because so that was like one of the first kind of like musical biopics of that well, it was, of that generation, you know? It was right in that, the middle of that resurgence kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, with, with like Ray, Ray and, and yeah. Yeah, and uh, other ones. I can't think of other ones. Walk, the, um, walk Hard with the Dewey Cox story. Thank you, Christian, for my <laughs> transition. I folded it up the next day with Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Um, far more enjoyable. I'm cutting half it. pretty bad here, John. <laughs> I like I Dewey's got to think about his whole life before he does the show. <laughs> <laughs> and like I think uh, uh, Mrs. Cox tease that was uh, that was one of the favorites of mine. <laughs> God, um, a little too long, I will say, but I it just it, it still hit in all the right ways. Yeah, the um, second half of that movie really drags. It is yeah. it is cool of that movie is getting a bit of a resurgence now because it kind of bombed of a box office when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense ahead of its time. Was it was it Patrick Willems who did a whole video on that? I can't remember. There, some, there was some video essayist that did. A bit, he he that did do did one. one on he talked one. he talked about um it was it was centered around Bohemian Rhapsody and how he like right. I thought we were over this and then talked yeah. about Walk Hard. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And also the Beatles are in that movie, which I had no <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah. Those casts, all those, that was hilarious. Jack Black, Paul Rudd, Jason Schwartzman. And I can't remember who the fourth one was. But, um, yeah. but yeah, that was great. Um, next I've got, uh, if you've heard of the Small Axe kind of mini series no. by Steve McQueen, um, it's just a series of like six. They're like full length, like films, essentially. Are you? But, this um, is like Steve McQueen, who did um, Twelve Years a Slave and uh, Shame, right? Yes, it is that Steve McQueen. So he made like six different movies, essentially, that take place uh, in England from, I think, like the the sixties to the eighties or something like that. And it's just all about uh, like the black experience in different ways. I watched three episodes of those. One with John Boyega, mm. about him being a cop. There is one uh, that's called Lover's Rock that all takes place at this party. Um, and then uh, I watched the Mo- uh, Mongrove, which is about the Mongrove Nine. And I would recommend all of them. They were all like really enjoyable in different ways. Is that um, HBO? Lover's Rock. And, um, Showtime? No. I, in my, I, I'm not sure. It's on Amazon Prime right now. So oh, okay. I mean, I don't Steve know McQueen that. has always, at least from the films I've seen, uh, he's only done one, but I haven't seen. Uh, was it? But he's always been really good at tackling like harsher subjects, but not straying away from them at all. Hmm, right. Like yeah. uh, Shame is a very difficult movie to watch at points. So uh, 12 Years a Slave, I will never watch again, but that's probably yeah, more of a compliment than anything. Yeah, it's a brilliant um, movie, but like Liam said, I don't think I ever want to watch that movie again. <laughs> um, the only movie he's done that was really just a good time was uh, Widows. Oh, yeah. It's an action one. movie, isn't it? I haven't seen it. Uh, it's a heist film. Right. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, um, these these three definitely like. They're, they're not as intense to watch as 12 Years a Slave. Um, and if I were to recommend one of the three, it would probably be Lover's Rock. Um, like, it just, it. I don't know how he managed to like, encapsulate that feeling of being at a party but like there's literally 10 minutes of like a single shot of them all dancing to an entire song and then it mm-hmm. ends and then they like freak out and they're like play it again and they like get it and then they just start playing it again and uh there's another youtuber that i watched carson runquist put it put it best when he was like it's you get a different experience the two different times you listen to the same song and watch them like dance to it that's true yeah it was just a hell of a time um so yeah that was great. Um, I watched The History of Swears, hosted by yeah. Nick Cage. I did too. Netflix. I did too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I won't get too too much into it then if you want to talk about it, but it was just, it was so delightful. And uh, it really, it really just brought home, like everyone on there had the mentality of just like this. They're just fucking words, man. Like why yeah. we got to yeah. put all this taboo <laughs> around these fucking words? Like, my God. Um, and yeah, Nicolas Cage is just a, a delight. Yes. Yes. Just, yeah. Like he starts every uh, episode like saying famous movie quotes uh, with those particular swear words in them, and it's just so much fun watching yeah. Nicolas Cage swear. Like that's 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 why I started watching the show. I think I've only seen the first three. Fuck <laughs> shit and bitch. Or yeah. The then one. they do pussy dick and damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was it was a little short, honestly. I was hoping for mm-hmm. a bit more. There yeah, are same. many other swear words. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe in season two. Not... Yeah. And in, in the season finale, when they were talking about damn, all the, all their guests were like, wait, why are we talking about damn? That's not a swear word. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the OG swear word. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. Um, 
<laughs> next on my list, I got Cobra Kai. Um, my girlfriend and I have watched all three seasons. Um, the third one came out earlier this year, and um, it's just if you're gonna if you're gonna watch something that's just blatantly '80s nostalgia, specifically centered around everything Karate Kid, then like yeah, just watch this one. It's I they they pull from the Karate Kid, Karate Kid Two. I don't know the one where they actually like that's go to Japan. One. But that one as well. That is November's the second one. The okay, next then maybe the third one is somewhere. Yeah, the, oh, the third one has Hillary Swank. That one's not in it. with Ralph Macchio, is it? No, it's Hillary Swank. Hillary yeah. Swank. Yeah, we have what? a we have a comment in our in our YouTube chat here that what are the sev- Carlin's seven words you can't say on TV? If we can't say them on TV, we're not saying them here. Oh. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I think motherfucker was one of them. It sure is. Shit, piss, fuck, I, I, I have, fuck, I have, I have motherfucker I, and tits. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen that bit. I haven't, uh, I don't know them. No. <laughs> Sorry, John, go ahead. No, I mean, like, uh, I don't know what to say about Cobra Kai. It's a bunch of teens doing karate and, like, literally any scenario the teens can do karate in. It's, it's insane, but also there are points where you're watching it and it's like, oh, is this fucking kind of good? Like, am I, like, enjoying <laughs> what I'm watching and understanding the themes and whatnot? Like, damn. Um, so in terms of what that show could be, it's they they pretty much knock it out of the park. Um, you know, my uh, uh, my brother is a pretty big fan these days. Uh, we we were Cobra, corrected. Uh, uh, it's actually the fourth movie that has Hillary Swank. Um, there are four Karate Kid movies. I, there's five, I guess. Technically. There's five. Oh my god! If you, if you count the, the Jackie Smith. Chan one, yeah. Kung oh right, Fu yeah. One. I forgot. I forgot that one existed. It's not Karate. <laughs> that's the Kung Fu Kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the the next one I watched is uh, just one that I've had on my list for a long time. I knew that I would enjoy the shit out of it, and I sure did. Um, it's Children of Men by Alfonso Cuarón. Finally, I, eh? Yep. Yeah. Took you long enough. I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it like it, it's it's nice to because I I I I shy away from watching so many classic movies like that only because like oh they've i've heard about them and i know what happens in them and i feel like i can't get invested in the story because i know what happens sometimes that's the case but in this case like not at all it was just a thrill to watch from start to finish Mm -hmm. had no idea michael kane was in it yeah that was was that was a nice surprise old hippie old hippie Uh, yeah Uh, what is it a uh earlier in his career uh chiwetel edgiathor oh shit yeah 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 yeah. um and that would have been that would have been right after he did. He played the operative in uh, Serenity. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah, this, no, I, did, I did not 2006? know. Uh, Serenity came out in two thousand five, I think. Yeah, and Children of Men, two thousand six. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, and uh, and Clive Owen, of course, which I know Liam mm-hmm. and I talked a little bit after after I watched that movie, and was like, whatever, whatever happened to that guy? Because he was really <laughs> yeah. good in it. Yeah, well, because yeah. I told John the last I heard about him is he's going to be on the new season of American Crime Story playing uh, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, Clive what? Owen is of all people is I'm playing gonna, Bill I'm Clinton. Why? That. <laughs> That's so weird. Why are we hiring a like one of those British guys out there to play a southerner? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I for one am looking forward to Clive Owen's uh, Bill Clinton impression. Oh, That's me gonna be fun. too. Yeah, <laughs> isn't isn't Beanie Feldstein playing uh, Monica Lewinsky? I think so. I think so. Uh, yeah. What a okay. weird pairing. I know Sarah Paulson. Yeah. I, I believe Sarah Paulson is playing Ann Coulter. Sarah Paulson's in all of those shows. Yeah. I just want to say for a second, 
I, I'm not a huge Sarah Paulson fan. She's in I, every single fucking thing that Ryan Murphy pumps out. And yeah. I've, I'm kind of sick of seeing her face. I like her a lot as an actor, but yeah, it's one of those things where John used to give me shit for saying that I get really tired of seeing the same performer over and over. And now, welcome to my world, friend. Why do you guys Indeed. give me shit like, for saying the same thing for Zoe Kravitz? And <laughs> I didn't say that about Zoe Kravitz. Timothy Chalamet? Stop putting you just them hate, stuff. You hate... You don't even. You just hate Timothy Chalamet because you don't like his face. You've never even seen him really act before. Stop putting him in stuff for like a year. <laughs> What's wrong with Timothy Chalamet's face? I want to. It's punch very it. punchable. I want to punch it. It's, it's very punchable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I don't, I can't. I can't. I like. I feel the exact same way. I. I don't know why. Like. I. I do genuinely enjoy his performances, but for some reason, I look at his face. I'm like, I want to punch that. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> and I really I have only seen him in Lady Bird. I more so have that with um, I was it with Bradley Cooper, as I've said before. Where I think he's a really overhyped actor, nowhere near as talented as people make him out to be, and he just has the most smug, punchable face I've ever seen. Episode fifty-one <laughs> of the Thundercast, punchable faces. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to just uh, while we're talking about it, I don't know if you guys have heard. This is like speculation, but the the two front runners for playing. A young Willy Wonka in the uh, origin story are Timothy Chalamet and uh, Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 Liam, 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 Liam told me that, and uh, at one point, and then uh, just just the dismay in his voice was palpable. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I'm on, like, because Liam mentioned it. Usually, I give him a hard time because I'm like, don't blame the actor just because everybody else is hiring them. They're just trying to do their work, you know. But like, when I saw those two faces and exactly what the project was, I wanted to throw up. I can't <laughs> believe it's happening at all. I mean, um, also. At least Timothy Chalamet is more of an indie darling. Well, um, I was mm. well. Tom Holland is just plastered everywhere. Where I'm like, I get it. You're Spider Boy. You want to be Michael J. Fox? Shut up. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 yes, I don't know if Timothy Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet is still an indie darling. You know, like he's he's coming up in Dune and shit like that. You know, like well, we need to wait for Dune to come out. And also, like, what if Dune bombs like Blade Runner 2049 did? I thought you said Timmy Chalamet, and now that's that's what I'm gonna call him from here on. I out. might have Timmy. <laughs> Good old, Timmy. Good old Timmy. Timmy Chalamet. And the Lords of the Underworld. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got anything else that you watched, John? Or? I have one more that is going to close off my list, which is um, the Blues Brothers. This is uh, one that I watched a couple weeks ago. Uh, my girlfriend had seen it with her dad when she was like a kid and swore by it, and I was like, "Yeah, like I've heard of it, of course," and like. I'll watch it. In the first 20 minutes, I was like, it's funny, but like, you know, it's like an 80s movie funny, you know, like it's dated a little bit. But as it continued to go, I could I could not believe the the journey that these guys went on and the mission from God. They're and, on a mission from God. <laughs> yeah. And and just it and it all culminates in like the fucking third act. The greatest uh, car, car chase scene in the world. Yes. Yeah. I I I couldn't believe what I was watching, to be honest. Um, and yeah, it was just uh, it was just so much fun. I, I I regret not giving it a chance sooner. Incidentally, I uh, in grade nine, I was I played the bass in um, in my band, and uh, we were given. I was in part of the group that played the Blues Brothers theme, and I was given the bass line to it. And uh, something worth noting is that I can't read music worth shit. Um, and so 
I, I played what I believed I was reading on the sheet and nobody told me anything until I performed the day of and my parents watched it and then we were driving home. My dad was like, what the hell were you playing? And I was like, <laughs> oh, I, what do you mean? He was like, that was not the Blues Brothers. It's a very iconic, iconic bass line. And you, 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 you butchered really it. it. <laughs> I did. And I was like, oh my God, nobody told me. Like, what Brutal. the hell? And that so, is one of my core memories of my father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely up there. Um, so that might be part of the reason why I didn't give Blues Brothers a fair shake was my was my trauma. But um, <laughs> no, still, I, I would PTS still Blues it. Brothers. <laughs> um, and yeah, that is my that's my ingestion. Right on. Um, cool. Liam, you want to go? Uh, sure. I guess uh, what I'll talk about quick, just because I don't really have much to say. Most of my opinion on it comes from uh, what I said to what you guys said when you talked about it last episode. And that's so I watched Soul. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And um, I liked it overall. Um, I, I like the animation I, as per usual is insane, but just the textures alone on like items and even just like, I like how Pixar has really figured out how to do skin textures and like make them look like they're really there with, but also not lose that cartoony aesthetic. Yeah. Give them pores and give them hair on their face, but still have, what's his name? Joe. The in his, yeah. His big hour. Yeah. Like when Joe is uh, getting his hair cut or whatnot, like that oh, looks yeah. incredible. Um, oh, yeah. also like when he's in the, or when he's in the great before and like, there's that cool mix of 2d and 3d with, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, um, the, the souls or, Oh, like the, the, souls, the, uh, the guys the who manage the souls. Kind of... oh, uh, oh, what are they yeah. called again? The counters or like whatever. Yeah. One of them is a counter, but yeah. 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 No, I mean just that. I was like, I was like, is that 2d? But then I'm like, Oh wait, no, it's. I was very impressed with the way that looked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that people have brought up that I don't really think is a criticism, it's just something that I'm like, because I, I knew it was coming, is that this definitely is going to uh, and has uh, meant a lot more for adults than it has for kids. Agreed, yeah. And to be honest, I'm not too shocked that Pixar has done that now. They've been around for 20 years. I feel like it's kind of about time they tackled that. Um, but with that being said, I think it might be maybe a little too ambitious. You think so? Why? In what way? Um, just in the end, like, because I don't want to spoil anything or whatnot. Like, some you could tell it has such grand ideas or whatnot, but I'm not sure how fully it comes together if it could quite reach all of them. Lucas, have you haven't seen it yet? Have you? I have not seen it. Okay, we won't spoil it then. Um, yep. You don't think it and, comes together in the end? Sorry. Oh no, I think it comes together, but it's like uh, there's one thing, there are one or two things that I'm not 100 percent sure about. It's kind of like what I said about uh. Uh, what is it? Uh, inside or not inside out. What is it? Uh, Interstellar where like it had such grand ambitions or whatnot, mm. where I feel like it grabbed it or was it, it, it was able to touch it, but it just didn't fully grasp it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though that could very well change. Uh, what is it on upon, upon future of uh, upon future viewings? That's fair. Just to be honest, mm-hmm. I think that this is the best uh, film Pixar has made in a long time. Oh, damn. I, yeah. I don't oh, disagree yeah. with you. Yeah, like, cause for the most part, I've been pretty disappointed. Like, granted, I still haven't watched Toy Story 4. <laughs> you don't um, need to. Pro- you don't yeah, probably good. <laughs> but, like, uh, Incredibles 2, I liked fine, though I do think it was kind of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And then, like, uh, it's probably the one I've liked the most since uh, Inside Out. Yeah. But, uh, oh, and then, but then again, I also haven't seen Coco, so. Coco is pretty good. Coco's, yeah, I would, I would recommend watching Coco. It is pretty good. Um, then uh, another quick thing I watched is... Uh, just because I saw it was online or whatnot, I watched Freaky. 
Oh, with yeah. uh, Catherine Newton and uh, Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, done I, by. I've seen, I saw that trailer so many times. It's uh, done by the same guy who did Happy Death Day. And this is where he takes another thing where it's like, instead of Groundhog Day, it's Freaky Friday. Right. Or as he was originally going to title it, Freaky Friday the 13th, but he couldn't because there were there was a rights issue. <laughs> That's exactly that what it was. That makes sense. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Um, but I watched it and uh, I had fun watching it. Like it was, like I'm ne- probably never going to watch it again because it didn't stick around enough with me there. It, my biggest negative is, is it has that the same problem I have with just about every adaptation of Carrie. Where like they cast a really really attractive person and make and you're supposed to uh, believe that they're kind of bullied or a loser, right? Like um, yeah. Jennifer's body, right? Same problem. Would anybody bo- like bully Amanda Seyfried? Like, let's be honest. Or like yeah. uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, they're trying to tell you Andrew Garfield's like a loser. Oh yeah, Andrew Garfield. I didn't think that he was a loser. He was just kind of like a, a to himself person. Like, so I was yeah. able to at least have some kind of. I'm able to buy that to some extent. I can see people drove... bullying to- Toby Maguire, for example, because that guy yeah, looks like I'll a total still fucking bully Toby Maguire. <laughs> yeah, because he's mm-hmm. Toby the fucking mannequin Maguire. <laughs> um, no matter how old okay. he is, he looks 20 years too old for the part. <laughs> um, <laughs> except Brothers, he's good in Brothers. Let's all. Let's oh, face that's it. true. He's that's really true. good. That's in that the movie. one with uh, it was him and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah, yeah Natalie Portman. Yeah, yeah. I saw that movie with a bunch of like super religious people and they did not like it. Really? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, there was swearing. Yeah. Technical <laughs> adultery. I will say the best thing with Freaky is that this is the best I think Vince Vaughn has been in a long time. Like, because usually okay. Vince Vaughn, is, as of late, he's been doing more serious stuff. And I'm sorry, but like maybe with the exception of Hacksaw Ridge, Hacksaw Ridge, I don't buy you in a serious role, dude. I think you're very funny and very, mm-hmm. but I just don't buy you being serious. What about in in uh, Into the Wild? I I haven't seen Into the Wild since since it came out. Oh, he's like pretty good in that. <laughs> there's a there's okay. a few actors in Into the Wild who just kind of show up, and it's like, oh, aren't you supposed to be like fucking funny? Like Zach Galifianakis <laughs> is in it too. Oh, I thought it's like, shouldn't you be fucking somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of the same sentiment. But no, in fact, uh, both. Um, despite how I think that she's uh, too pretty for what they were going for, I thought uh, both Catherine Newton and Vince Vaughn played their roles. They pull, I thought they did a great job playing each other. That's always um, fun. Yeah, no, in fact, very a reason to really watch that movie. Yeah, that's fair. Um, then I watched, uh, just because I'd never seen it before, and I decided, uh, why not, finally? I watched uh, Robert Zemeckis' Beowulf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, I was talking, because uh, uh, Christian and I went for a socially distanced walk a little while ago. Yeah. And I was telling him about how I watched it, and the thing is that I actually really like the way that movie's written. I really like, uh, what is it, like... Uh, I, like, it gets a lot of shit for being, uh, was it, for interpreting the poem differently. But the thing is that you have to kind of do that with Beowulf because it's a story old, as, it's one of the oldest texts in existence. It's a story And, like, narrative time. and storytelling changes. Well, oldest, uh, one, of the, one of the oldest in, old, in like, English. Yeah, I was, yeah, or at least I was referencing uh, Aladdin. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what? Um, but, like, yeah, um, but the screenplay is uh, penned by um, Neil Gaiman and, uh, I believe John Avery, who uh, co-wrote uh, *Pulp Fiction*, okay, um, but wasn't credited for it. And uh, uh, Neil Gaiman, uh, particularly, like he seems like the perfect person to translate something like *Beowulf* or like. Uh, Honestly, yeah. Yeah, and and, yeah. and like a lot of decisions he made, like uh, Grendel speaks exclusively in Old English, and he's kind of doing this thing That's about 
And he's kind of doing this thing how it's like the old world moving into Christianity and whatnot and the mysticism being going away. Okay. Biggest... Uh, do, does do, do uh, I haven't seen this movie? Does he actually speak in like legit old English? It's like uh, modern uh, old Grendel. English. Yeah, okay. it's or at least uh, as best as you can get it to come across or whatnot. Okay, because old English is a weird fucking language. Yeah, yeah. it's not like the Vavitch um, where it's like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, no, oh, no, I had I had to tra- I had to look up at points to translate what uh, what Grendel was saying, and they I didn't fully understand. They couldn't have picked a better person than um, Crispin Glover to play Grendel there, quite frankly. Interesting. Because like, okay. he's, um, he's already fucking weird. So. But the biggest <laughs> thing with that movie that kills it is its fucking awful animation style. Like, good Not lord. Like, I don't know, know if it, it looked yeah. really good when it came out because I wasn't allowed to see that movie when it came out. But, like, like good lord, it's... I just, like, I don't get what Robert Zemeckis' whole obsession with that thing was. Like, because well, he made three the, movies in that style. The Polar I, Express is another one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he made yeah. four movies like that, Liam. What was the fourth one? Because he did The Christmas Carol, Carol Beowulf, and... Uh... Mars Needs oh. Moms. Did he direct that one? or? I believe he did. I could be wrong. I don't know. We have I some, know it was at least we have some sticklers his... in the chat, so I think somebody's going to prove me yeah. wrong. So. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, it's... And to be honest, like, I loved the, I loved the idea of Robert Zemeckis uh, doing a more adult anima- animated film or, like, trying to bring that back or whatnot but why did he why did he have to go for that weird photorealistic thing when you could do something really cool and stylized with beowulf yeah i don't know um but yeah again that's a movie which i really really want to like but the animation style just really puts me off from it that's fair um and lastly just because uh i got a bunch for uh i got the money for it for christmas i've been rereading uh all of uh john ostrander's suicide squad mm-hmm Hmm. um john ostrander is the guy in the 80s who essentially uh when he got put on the suicide squad books he essentially made the suicide squad what it is sorry lucas and i are both snickering because of the chat sorry yeah madison's like sticklers right sticklers uh, yeah sorry 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 Liam. um but like it uh uh the biggest thing one thing that's really cool rereading it because i haven't re- read these comics since i was like 12 my uh, Uncle Wade used to let me read some of his comics when I was a kid or when I'd see him, and those were some of the ones he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing revisiting these is that I've realized that I actually really like the character of Rick Flagg, and it makes me hate that fucking movie even more. Right. Because yeah. uh, the thing with Rick, F- Rick Flagg in these comics is that he's like an idea- he's like a Captain America, like idealistic person, but he- who's had to do Nick Fury's job his whole life. And um, it's, like, it's, not actually, Rick, it's, it's Rick Flagg Sr., right, in those? Junior. Rick Flagg Sr. is the person who was on the original, was a... Uh, no, was I know like in the, the movie. In the movie, it's Junior, but in the comics... Oh, no, it's Junior in the comics. Oh, okay. Uh, was it Rick Flagg... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Rick Flagg Sr. is essentially like... Uh, he's essentially like DC Universe's real American hero. Mm, okay. Um, um... But like there are a lot of, there's actually this one great moment with Flag where um essentially uh Batman breaks into the compound disguised as uh as a criminal to try and dig up information on the squad. And uh because like well it's a total violation of civil liberties. Um and uh then he, but he kind of gets caught and uh while and uh, uh was it Rick Flag is kind of put in a position where he has to defend the rest of the squad, even though they're all terrible, despicable people. Um, and like, uh, then after like, uh, dead shots kind of ripping on him and he's going off like that man is worth more than all of you. Right. And I'm like, wow, this is some really good stuff here. Um, 
And also, like, uh, a lot of a comic is still, like, because uh, I've only read the first volume thus far, is Ostrander still kind of trying to find his voice for some of them? Though uh, there are really great moments where he feels like, uh, where it really feels like that's where he really found it. Like, there's this point where the compound's being attacked, and um, and uh, he's trying to call for uh, the squad to come out and help, and Deadshot's just sitting at his, sitting at his cell. That's like, Lawton, I need you to come out. He's like, that's not the deal. Uh, what is it? I'm, I was, this isn't what I do. And uh, as he keeps yelling at him, Deadshot, like, flip, flicks a bottle cap into the monitor that he's coming off of and just breaks the screen. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a point that uh, was kind of lifted from a movie where um, they're uh, on a mission and it's uh, Captain Boomerang and Slipknot and he tells him just because he wants to see what happens. It's like, I was, he's like, yeah, these uh, little bracelets they have on us, uh, was it, I think they're fake. So Slipknot uh, gets freaked out when we're in a battle and tries to fuck off. And then, like, literally, like, once he's, like, 10 feet away, like, the bracelet explodes and he, like, loses his whole arm. Oh, wow. So the comics are modern. Uh, these, these comics were written in uh, 80, uh, from 87 to 95, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a long time. Um, it's a long run. But, yeah, no, I'm, it's really, I'm just really happy to finally be revisiting it because uh, these were kind of, like, what made the Suicide Squad one of my favorite properties in, um, uh, was it in uh, DC Comics? And I just really, and I really hope Gunn doesn't shoot a ship a bed with his new one because, like, this, where you could do so much good shit with the squad. Yeah. Bummer. Um, cool. Yeah, that's uh, everything I've ingested. Cool, except for one thing, which I will now take the torch from Liam. Liam and oh, yes, I watched I Cats. Oh my god! Hell really? Yeah. Yeah, we watched Cats <laughs> over over Discord. Um, I have no idea what that movie's about <laughs> i have no clue which is not the movie's fault <laughs> no no you know that's cats's fault <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah what Lindsay ellis is a great video on cats that i recommend yeah and i've seen them i've seen a recording of cats and i didn't yeah. like it then and good lord do i not like I, it now yeah i so... tried to watch it and i'm someone who genuinely loves musicals like i tried to watch it and I had to turn it off like twenty minutes in because I was I was like no it's no fucking <laughs> awful like I couldn't there like we watched the whole goddamn thing and there were multiple times where I paused the movie and I was like I have no idea what the fuck is going on and like there was so much shit that pissed me off like why are certain things not proportional why is the it's why is there not the a proportional consistency throughout the movie like some things are too big some things are too small. <laughs> Why can they hold things? Why can they not? It's just, ah, it was really fucking getting on All my nerves. All the horror stories you've heard about, like, uh, the bad motion capture are true. Yeah. Um, I want to see the butthole cut. Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drew in the chat says, Lindsay Ellis is our queen. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. We all sent yeah, no, for Lindsay uh, Ellis. No, yeah, we, we were. Yeah. We were uh, they it, can't we say were... that on Twitch now. Oh, yeah, right. We were... Oh, shit. <laughs> no, it's, get... they, they'll only take action if it's if it's in like a harassment sort of way. But, right. Um... Or if we have more than two viewers. <laughs> 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 no, like we're trying to uh, figure out like, uh, I mean, like, because you have idris elba as a bad cat doing bad things of it he just disappears why like, could he teleport it's like why could he teleport <laughs> he could teleport um, yeah I'm like, and then it's... okay so the whole movie it follows like it starts out with that ballerina actor and she like she's great she's a great dancer she's really awesome yeah and but then suddenly it's about jennifer hudson and i was like but wait like what why what 
and and then is she a what is she a princess is she a fucking queen like I don't understand. The only good part of that movie is when Jennifer Hudson sings Memories. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it looks so fucking off-putting that you can't even appreciate the singing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I kind of... It you, looked like fucking Jimmy Neutron-level <laughs> graphics if they were cat people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty rough. Holy shit, I haven't thought about Jimmy Neutron in such a long time. Got a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta blast this movie off I the mean, face. No, of you earth. thought about him a little while ago when I brought up a question to you of if Jimmy Neutron was essentially a domestic terrorist. <laughs> yeah. I got that one before. I think Tom Hooper is a, is a uh, domestic terrorist. For <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't get cats. why they got Tom Hooper to direct Cats. Like Tom Hooper's style is all about being grounded in reality, mm-hmm. and then they gave him Cats. Yeah. Like <laughs> you could have, like I could see, like Baz Luhrmann doing cats yeah yeah sure yeah, yeah. Rob, rob uh rob marshall uh the guy who did chicago david lynch oh, okay okay mm-hmm. <laughs> why not let's see cronenberg's <laughs> cat <laughs> yeah i want to see cronenberg's cats you know <laughs> oh my god that that might have been amazing actually <laughs> they're all just constantly hawking up hairballs just <laughs> those hairballs turn into cats and then they sing uh yeah, but I honestly don't have very much else to say. If you want to know what abs, if you want the best thing on how this is, ab- on why this absolutely didn't work, just go watch Lindsay Ellis's video because yeah. it was fucking awesome. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I, on I would uh, one day I would like to go to like a rowdy screening, like like just a midnight screening of Cats where everyone's just like singing along and drinking and stuff. That I feel like that could be fun. If the well, world reopens, uh, Lucas, I will guarantee that we will go to a screening nice. of Cats. Well, um, <laughs> What's it safe? Uh, is Chris it Duckman said that this is going to become know. a new thing. Like a new theaters are going to have this big thing. It's called Get High and Watch Cats. Yeah. <laughs> L- Liam and I will do. Never mind. I'll stop here. We're we're live this time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so that's cats. Um. I uh, let's see what else is on my. I watched quite a, bo- a lot of stuff. Um. Another thing that I watched that I actually really enjoyed was uh, it's a documentary called The Reason I Jump. Um. And it's uh based off of a book. I can- I'm going to butcher the the kid's name. Um, but it's this young Japanese man. Um, he wrote this book a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was like five or eight years ago or something like that. Um, and he's, he's a man on the autism spectrum. Um, and he's a nonverbal individual uh, who cannot, who, who mostly, he can't speak audible words. He can vocalize, but he can't speak. Um, and so, but he wrote a book. Um, and the book is called The Reason I Jump. Um, and uh, what they did is they took basically the 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 book and translated it to a documentary um about individuals who are on the autism spectrum and uh three out of the i mean i guess all of us are pretty much touched by uh, autism in one way or another so you know it was it was definitely a, a nice fun i wouldn't call it fun it was a journey to watch that film and you know, honestly quite quite emotional um to watch a lot of different perspectives because um the perspectives were from multiple people from around the globe so you know um I uh, can't remember his name. What's he's the guy who wrote Cloud Atlas. Uh, David Mitchell, I believe his name is. Um, his son has autism, mm. and uh, or is on the autism spectrum, I should say. And uh, his the movie, whenever there's B roll, essentially is following his son in these very glorious, beautiful shots of him just like running through a field while um, there's this narration of this young individual speaking on their their experience as a nonverbal person on the autism spectrum. And uh, there's a young woman from um, 
uh, I can't remember what country it is, but it's in Africa. Um, and just like how they have to deal with just like, um, scrutiny and prejudice every day all the time people think she's a witch and she's like the devil and things like that because she's also nonverbal and can't like do any like can't take care of herself in a traditional sense um and then you have an individual from like um, scotland i believe and uh no americans no canadians either so i was like oh you can tell this was not directed by an american (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the whole movie wouldn't have been about any of that stuff i'll tell you that um but it was it was very interesting to see like inside of uh i wouldn't say it was to get a glimpse inside of the mind of individuals on the autism spectrum um so that was i really enjoyed that and and how i watched that was uh um, calgary international film festival has been doing this thing where you if you live in the province of alberta uh, you can rent movies from them um, and watch oh. these screenings, but only if you live in Alberta. <laughs> if you live uh, in another province, or if you, I guess you can get a VPN, um, yeah. but you know, just pay for it. Just mm. watch them it. because it's like going to the yeah. movies. They have trailers, and and they sometimes they have a Q and A at the end. So anyway, it was really interesting, and I really enjoyed so, it. So sorry, just really quick before you go on. This is like it's it's based off the book, but it takes different people's experiences and kind of overlays yeah. the the text of the book with just kind of relating it to the people in the documentary. Yeah. So and also showing the, their individual perspectives as well. Okay. Does the author have any part in the, in the documentary? Do they focus on him at any point or no, he mostly just uh, like his, uh, the narration of the film is lifted from the book. Right. That's really interesting. I never heard of something like that before yeah so it's called the reason i jump um he wrote a second book um so the first book is about him as a teenager um and kind of going through puberty and and whatnot and then the second book is called um fall down seven times get up eight times um and it's about him as an adult um and going through you know what it's like to be an adult on the autism spectrum and not and no one can understand you um and how frustrating that is right um Anyway, very interesting. I really, I do recommend it. Um, another thing that I watched that is on the opposite side of this, <laughs> in terms of it being heartfelt, um, is I watched another documentary called "You Cannot Kill David Arquette," um, which is about oh. the actor David Arquette, um, and he was once a wrestler. Um, yeah, I had no idea before I saw that that movie existed. He was a professional wrestler in the WCW. He won the WCW World Championship belt. Um, people were pissed because <laughs> they were like, what's this fucking dude from, what's Dewey from Scream doing with the WDC, WCW belt? They were pissed, super mad. Um, and he basically got like, his career went to shit. And, you know, he's a raging alcoholic and a drug addict and all this stuff. And, you know, he was married to Courtney Cox. So, I mean, that's that's also a, foot in the, a shot in the foot too, so... Um, Whoa! <laughs> hot take on Courtney Cox. <laughs> this guy doesn't like friends. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, terrible. But Liam we like can talk it. about that another time. I'd love to get into it. Episode fifty-two: deep dive on Courtney Cox. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then he decides he wants to go back into wrestling, and so the whole movie just follows him trying to become a professional wrestler again. And uh, there's some pretty gruesome shit. Like, if you don't like gore, it's there's some bits where he, like, there's a scene. I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a bit where his neck gets cut open. And there's just fucking blood everywhere. Like, for real, huh? For real. For real. 
I can't even handle it when it's fake on a fake TV show. <laughs> no, it's real, and the, and he like yeah. goes like, and you can like see it, and it, oh, it's gross. Um, Jeez. Yeah. Uh, good though. A plus. Um, on the other side of reality stuff, I've been watching a lot of Survivor. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I watched uh, seasons twenty, twenty eight, and season three. Um, just. Just because I'm like, hmm, this one seems interesting. I like the I like the setting of this. Um, sure. So I watched um, Kagayan was one, Heroes versus Villains, and Africa was the one that I watched. I'm watching Africa right now. I have like a couple more minutes left in the episode before I find out who won. Um, I mean, this ep- this season also came out in like 2002. So yeah, like, you just spoil yeah. it right now. Just <laughs> yeah. it. Please don't. Please, people in the chat, please do not. And you guys either. Um, but I will say. Um, I miss when Survivor was dangerous. Like, because in Africa, there's no water. There's no food. There's fucking lions. <laughs> like, there's nothing to protect you. You could get eaten by a lion. That's it. Then you lost Survivor because you got eaten by a fucking lion. <laughs> yeah, you didn't, you didn't survive. You didn't survive. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> they should get any what? money. I think they should just see who could <laughs> physically survive. <laughs> um Oh, God. No, Drew, we're not answering that right now. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm curious. It says, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but it says the Rise of Skywalker was better than the Return of the Jedi fight me. We're not doing that right now. Maybe in the second half of the episode. But we're not talking about it right now. No, um, I'm not. You know, no, I'm putting up an embargo saying I will not answer any questions about Star Wars or uh, Beat That. Liam, we're talking about Star Wars at some point today. not including right now anyway so yeah survivor's fun it's just fun to watch people just i love the gossip it's just (laughs) oh my god it's fun so fun drama that shit is why i hate reality tv yeah it's like the original (laughs) reality tv TV. um another thing i I mean at least survivor is like a legitimate like competition in a lot of ways as opposed to stuff like where there's following random people around who are acting up for the camera that's right island Love Island? Sure. Yeah. I don't I don't know what that is, but sure. Love... <laughs> Not... Great. Lucas is fucking the TV show. Right. Oh, I anything, see. Okay. Anything else, Christian? Oh, boy, do I have stuff. <laughs> um, another thing I watched, I just want to mention this because uh, I've actually really, really been, been enjoying it. I haven't watched the newest episode yet, but WandaVision. Um, oh, I forgot to bring that up. I like big it. Ups. Big so fan, big much. fan. I really like the show. It's exactly what they're supposed to be doing when yeah. I agree. Yep. It's very entertaining. It's just mm-hmm. like you're making a sitcom about Wanda and Vision and you make it super super like um what's the word I'm looking for? Super uh de- like dependable. No, I have not seen ep- episode 4 yet, Drew. Um it is uh very reliable in the sense that it's based off of like 650s, 60s, 70s sitcoms and like mm-hmm. so far each episode is like the first episode's like a 50 sitcom and it plays like a dude, 50 I'm sitcom. Not much to sell me on this dude. Liam, you hate sitcoms. <laughs> um Yeah. Then, so don't like, then don't watch I, it. I, I will. I will chime in after you're done, Christian, to try and give Liam a reason to watch. No, it. that's not the only reason. It's also because it has two. Uh, what is it? Is because I'm like, why do? Why would I care about this side of the story? Uh, in fact, I thought the whole Vision Wanda romance thing in the movies just got railroaded in. Liam, you, I hate you right now. <laughs> when we went, when we went on our on our little walk. I told you how I like this show, and you were like, "Oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll check it out." Now you're fucking. 
fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like it's a little. Um, I, I like when when it breaks the the formula and starts mm-hmm. going like down into like a really cerebral surrealist like sense. And I really appreciate. It. I've always liked like weird cerebral um, like. Uh, cerebral surreal things absurd is it actually weird and surreal or is it marvel surreal and weird it's marvel surreal and weird which is enough which which is enough for a lot of people at home you know and anyway i really like it i haven't seen episode four yet i intend to watch it this weekend um been keeping up with it as much as i can and i really really enjoy it um but yeah john sorry did you have wandavision i mean like uh at risk at risk of giving uh giving away some spoilers i i mean like i i will say liam that like i i know you're not a fan there's two things you're not a fan of sitcoms and um any sort of nostalgia for nostalgia's sake um this show in particular uses the fact that they are uh setting it during the 50s and 60s and 70s sitcom era and they're using that as like a mechanism to tackle kind of in the bigger picture what's going on and it's in the fact that it's being used for a reason is is something that's worth watching and this is like all, all of us just like slammed uh disney and mandalorian just a few weeks ago and that's true. um uh, you know there's the accusation of just like oh you don't like things just because they're marvel or popular that like people have have thrown out and th- this just goes to show that if like if they actually put the work in and do something that they think is interesting and take like risks it it's something worth watching. I agree. So, I just yeah. think that once I heard the announcement of it, I was like, I didn't think the concept sounded that interesting. And also, as I've said, like my one thing that annoyed me in the movies is I thought like, because you start in, I was at Infinity War, you just get there. It's like, oh, Wanda and Vision are together or whatnot. And I'm like, and I'm like, you kind of threw the whole fact that her brother was fucking murdered out the window. I yes, I have been told that. Though. Like her accent went with it. Like, yeah. like yeah. there's rebranding. <laughs> yeah, and, but I'm like. And also the whole, the whole of, lack of an accent thing plays in the show it plays Mm -hmm. and it makes sense and also liam i tried to explain to you how how the whole quicksilver thing plays in the episode but it does i was going to uh uh, preface that thing but i know something like that that it does come up here but it's just but i'm kind of at a point where i'm like too little too late guys oh if anything paul bettany on a sitcom is a marvel he's just like he should be on (laughs) every sitcom he's so good that. Yeah, I'll I mean he's that. a better actor than most people <laughs> I see on sitcoms. Okay, I got uh, I got two more things I want to mention. Um, I've also watched a short film on um, I think it was Prime. Was it Prime? Maybe it was Crave. I don't know. It's called TV. It was Crave. You messaged me it about Crave. it. I did. I messaged Liam at like one o'clock in the morning. Um, it's called it's called Teething, and it's a short film about vampires, kind of, but it's about a baby vampire, and it no. You're laughing. It's fucked up. It's so <laughs> fucked up. Like it start you. You're watching it. And you're like, no way. They're getting away with this. No way. And they just keep getting away with it. <laughs> and I was like, fuck it. I love this. Um, and it's incredibly violent in some spots. Oh, wow. And I really enjoyed it. It's only like nine minutes, so I suggest people go check it out. Nine minutes. Holy yeah. shit. Teething is what it's called. You know, get it? Because okay. he's a baby. <laughs> yes. Um, last thing I want to mention be- because I think it's one of the greatest video games I've ever fucking played, um, and it's a video game called Super Liminal. Um, if you like Portal, 
um, which many people know I love that video game. I love Portal. I love the, the Valve games. It's like that, but instead of using a Portal gun or anything like that, what you do is you make things bigger and smaller So to like solve puzzles. So in some cases, there will be like a tiny little dollhouse, and you make the dollhouse bigger, and then you can walk into the, doll, in the, into the dollhouse, and it takes you to the next step of the puzzle. So great. <laughs> and also the message at the end was very uplifting, and I really liked it. A plus. All right, Lucas, <laughs> after nice. a full 40 minutes. <laughs> welcome and back Christian, to the show, everybody. Welcome back, Christian Lucas. And John hey. not being able to condense for lists in any, any seeable <laughs> way. Liam, it's a live show. Fuck it, man. <laughs> welcome back to the show, Lucas. Thanks for... Thank you. I appreciate I have, it. I have returned. Yes, Lucas is uh, back, everybody. Lucas was on uh, sabbatical because he um, was dealing with some things in um, Colombia. <laughs> the british no. version yeah <laughs> yeah i was just i was just working away i didn't have time to do the show so you're telling me you weren't in cambodia that's why I was <laughs> I in cambodia. uh but uh i'll i'll get on with my list um first thing i talk about a little bit <clears throat> is i read and watched the recent version of uh little women mm -hmm. or i didn't I, i i listened to an audiobook i should say of uh little women um And I really like the book, and I really like the movie. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to say about them in and of themselves because they're they're just they're just kind of pleasant. They're like little. it's just a, a this family is the Greta Gerwig version of yes. Little Women that you watch. Okay. Yes, yes. And like the story is just these four uh, these these four girls and their mom just kind of living their lives, and there's there's not much of a plot. They're just sort of living their lives. Things happen to them, stuff like that. Uh, but uh, when I watched the Greta Gerwig movie, something, a, a couple things that I just wanted to talk about a little bit. One, the, the, this family is always talking about their poverty, like how poor they are. They live, they own their own property. They have a full time servant. Like they're <laughs> doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> like they're and, and they're um, like that's that's half the book is them because because the the daughters can't afford like nice things sometimes. So, so they're talking about how how horrible it is to live in poverty. Oh, it sounds like Downton Abbey. <laughs> and then, um, like, it, it takes place in the United States in the late 1800s, uh, and they're they, and the in the book they're constantly talking about the war because their dad is off fighting in the war. They never really specify that. The only war on on American soil in the late 1800s, at least I'm aware of, is the American Civil War. So that's obviously. Uh, what is taking place in the book. They don't talk about that at all. <laughs> they just gloss over the fact that the, the American Civil War is happening. And so in Greta Gerwig's uh, version of it, they have two scenes that let you know that the Civil War is happening and that don't worry, they're the good guys. <laughs> right, right. Because there's two scenes where like you see Laura Dern's character like helping out at like an army station or something, like handing out blankets and clothes to refugees and people like that. And where they're talking about how they're on the north, and she's disgusted with the south. So don't worry; you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> nice, of which, which I thought was funny. There's one other scene of one of a uh, Florence Pugh's character in um, in school, kind of the same deal. But uh, speaking of Florence Pugh, uh, everyone knows she's a great actress, and I, I've, I've already told uh, Christian <laughs> Liam this a yeah. little bit. But like, yeah. she she's very obviously like a full grown adult person, right? I uh, and six years old, I believe, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you're the person who would know, wouldn't you? Aren't you? <laughs> I love me some pew. What can I say? 
she's 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 great in the movie uh but like the course of the story takes place from when they're like approximately somewhere around preteen teenage uh age maybe younger for some of them uh to the to the point where they're adults uh and getting married and stuff like that and and in the movie they don't change actors so florence Pugh is like playing this like she's the character acts like she's like 12 but it's florence Pugh. <laughs> yeah you gotta, just because yeah, you're a short person so doesn't mean you look super young right. yeah and like and like they give her like pigtails and dress her up in like more like child looking clothes and stuff and stuff like that but she's still florence Pugh, and it's just very funny to me <laughs> <laughs> and we were t- talking about timothy chalamet timothy chalamet is in this movie and he's fine. He's good. He was good. Does yeah, anybody punch good. him in the fucking mouth? <laughs> uh, no, but someone tells him that they despise him. So, <laughs> Close enough. yeah, hit him right in the soul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> punch him in the soul. Well, actually, he he does. He kind of gets. Uh, he doesn't get beat up like physically, but but like emotionally a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he gets brought to the ringer. <laughs> Take it, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I totally understand why they didn't change the actors, and also Emma Watson's in it. I personally oh, think she's right. the weakest performance in it. She was she was good, but also uh, her accent would slip a little bit mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> which. It it's hard. Accents are hard. It's fine, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I've also it's been... funny when I was watching Midsummer, mm-hmm. like Florence, mm-hmm. I didn't even know she was English. The entire time I was I, watching that movie, I just oh, is that. she? Yeah, she's English. I didn't know that. And then oh, Sa- she she does the American accent perfectly. Then Sayersha or Saoirse Ronan also mm-hmm. same thing. Like Irish. yeah, yeah, she's Irish, <laughs> and like yeah. doesn't show very rarely. Yeah, shows. that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and she was great. Uh, like everyone, everyone in the movie was was very, very good. Uh, just yeah, occasionally Emma Watson's accent would slip and it would take me out a little bit, mm. which is unfortunate. But overall, it's good. I don't understand why people were confused about the timelines. It was pretty easy to keep track of, because like in the book, it just goes from beginning to end, and in the uh, in the movie, they just have like a couple separate timelines going at this yeah time. it's like and, cold and blue when it's present day and it's warm yeah. and orange when it's the past it was yeah pretty, it's, it, it was pretty it, easy yeah <laughs> and like the the way they dressed and everything was different as well and how they did their hair and stuff so it's mm-hmm. it, it was very easy i don't understand why people were confused um but yeah i've also been watching um uh, season five of the expanse i knew you were gonna bring it up I knew yeah it. yeah <laughs> i've been after every episode after i watch every episode i just i just tweet me like this this show's good <laughs> yep. and honestly it's so fucking good it's based on book this this season is bo- based on book five of the expanse series which is my favorite book in the series except maybe book eight but um it, it's like some really really big shit happens in this in this season I don't want to spoil it for anyone who might watch it one day, but like the status quo changes significantly. But uh, they also managed to make it really, really small in a lot of ways because uh, there's two characters that like are really the star of the show this season. That's Amos uh, and Naomi, and they have some really, really rather intense storylines. But Amos's story is pretty small. But uh, I, I wholeheartedly recommend the show to everybody. Uh, it, it's on Amazon Prime. All of it is there. It's ending next season, so if you're waiting to binge it, that won't be too much longer. Do you think the um, next season is going to cover three books? No. Oh, okay. No, they're they're ending it with book six because uh, book seven, eight, and nine 
Uh, nine hasn't come out yet, but uh, for a lot of reasons, it would make it pretty difficult uh, to shoot. Um, I, I don't want to spoil the books, but there's a large time jump with all the same characters. Oh, okay. Um, and things get much, much bigger in concept. Um, but yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know. They, they haven't really stated the specific reason for why they're ending with season six. Um, uh, the, the author has said it's not because of the time jump. It's not because of the, uh, the, the, the increase in budget or anything like that. Uh, they've just decided to end it. Um, but they didn't really say why. I'm a little frustrated because I, I, there's some there's some shit in book eight that I really wanted to see on screen. Right. Uh, <laughs> one of the coolest, but also kind of saddest death scenes ever, in my opinion, at least, was in book eight. But uh, I absolutely love this show. There's so many really fascinating characters, a lot of really great performances, um, really really realistic science. So if you're and like physics and stuff like that, so if you're into that kind of stuff, highly recommend it. Um, I also I watched uh, I finally watched Sorry to Bother You. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. That movie is so good. It's great. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. It's really good. I don't even know how to talk about it. It's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, weird. It's, it's very not subtle. Yeah, no, I remember Lucas texting me while he was watching it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like this movie's not subtle. And I love it. John, you've seen it, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was actually, it was the, it was part of my ingestion on the very first time I was on this right. podcast. Right. Nice. So for those nice. of you who are in the chat or anybody who happens to be watching, uh, spoilers, I think are safe at this point because uh, all four of us yeah, have seen so. it. So um, Lucas, what do you think about seeing huge horse cock in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> One of those is for Whitaker, yeah? Yep. Yeah. Support union. Drew said support unions. The movie, and that's right. that's that's exactly what it yeah, is. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but uh, the horse, the horse bit, uh, it took me by surprise. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's where the like, thing started to go into like full South Park ter- territory. Yeah, like it, that, that's when like like up till then the movie was like very more like pretty grounded in reality. There was some like some pretty like uh, visually crazy stuff, but mm-hmm. like nothing that uh, broke like reality as we know it and then he goes to the bathroom and the dude oh, horse, bojack horseman falls out <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep that was my first thought i'm like wait is this is a crossover episode <laughs> no. <Can> you imagine? <laughs> oh, man. but no that movie was ah it was just so good what was the main actor's name lakeith lakeith stanfield, uh, LaKeith stanfield. Yeah. stanfield. he's great he's so yeah. good yeah. Every, honestly, everyone in that movie is great. Tessa Thompson I did, is so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was all. I also remember saying that uh, back when that movie was in development, there was talk about how uh, apparently Donald Glover was up for the role, but like uh, he was okay. doing Childish Gamb- Gambino, or he was producing the new album for Childish Gambino at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest, I don't think this movie would have worked as well if they got like a huge name like that. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see Donald Glover doing it. His, his performance okay in Atlanta is kind of like, which incidentally has Lakeith Stainfield as well in a mm-hmm. very, very different role, though. Um, but yeah, no, Lakeith is just great in general, so I'm glad they got him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I have nothing but good things to say about that movie. Some parts are like cringy, but like in a good way. Yeah, you know there's I mean? uh, that one rap bit where I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was me. thinking. Yeah, it's <laughs> I'm wild. Just, I'm like, I'm, I'm like sitting there watching, like, oh god, 
Oh God, this is you, great. Well, oh God, you, you feel for him in that moment. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't exactly. want to do this, and you could feel, <laughs> you could feel his um, embarrassment. That's what yeah. I, I loved yeah. so much. Uh, Lakeith and Bojack gives me life. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> um, carry yeah. on. Oh man, that movie is just so good. I, I I started recommending it to everybody, and I was recommending it to my to one of my friends who's like, kind of like pretty prudish when it comes to like nudity in movies. I'm like, but like it it, it suits like her her politics uh, pretty well. And I'm like, you gotta watch this movie. Fair warning, there's nudity and it's weird. And <laughs> not what you expect. <laughs> not the nudity I, I, I was I, expecting I, and not the weirdness no, no, I was exactly. expecting. <laughs> I remember I wasn't seeing it in the theater when it came out with my aunt and looking at her like, what the fuck? When it, all that started. <laughs> yeah, Liam and I watched it before COVID and like, I was like, what the fuck? And I remember the movie ended and I was like, that's a near perfect movie. That's a near yeah. perfect movie. Yeah. Except it's, I will say great. that the last like five minutes were a little unnecessary in my opinion. Mm. Just like, I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but just like that twist at the end, I was like, oh, okay. Mm. Just per- yeah, personally, yeah. like my perspective of it, I, I understand sure, why yeah. it, I understand why it's there and I understand the poignancy mm. of it, but I just was like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as as I said uh, uh, earlier during uh, Jones and Justin, I watched History of Swear Words, which I think we've talked about. I don't I don't think I have anything else to say it, but it's very funny. Nick Cage is is delightful, um, and I also watched a Netflix movie called Trial of the Chicago Seven. Mm-hmm. I watched that um, too. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, basically it's the story of a riot that happened in Chicago and the trial afterwards, and the trial is like uh, basically about how the state is trying to convict these people for, for crossing state lines and inciting a riot. So it's a federal crime. So they can go to prison for a long time. Um, and it's kind of just not really an investigation, but like, it's, it's the trial. It's, it's a courtroom drama. And, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting movie. I, I, I quite liked it. Lots of strong performances from like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Eddie Redmayne, Sasha Baron Conan. Um, they, they, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weirdly political movie without ever actually talking about politics. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. Like, like all, like all the people that are on trial are like very explicitly like leftists, uh, but they never talk about any kind of leftist politics. Which, I mean, it's 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 a mainstream movie. It's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had a conversation. Someone recommended it to me while I was uh, uh, working uh, out in BC. And they're like, yeah, it's it's a movie about how everyone thought Stalin was good. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then I watched the movie, and there's not a single mention of Stalin at all. <laughs> so I was very confused. You're just waiting for Stalin to show up. <laughs> yeah, like at some point, there's a there's a poster of Hitler, and it's like some sort of satirical propaganda, but like. There's nobody mentioned Stalin. I'm so, assuming uh, that this is one that this came from one of those people who's currently under the impression that Trudeau was a Stalinist. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot more. Uh, but to be honest, it's been such a long time I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. well. We're happy to have you back. Yeah, I'm still. I'm happy to be back. Get the yeah. fuck off the show, John. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, John is welcome back uh, whenever Lucas isn't here. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we, we, we we have a contract we can't be on the same show at the same absolutely time. i'm really this. i'm i'm keeping my cool i really want to yeah. break out of lucas right now we hate each other so you know <laughs> yeah they, they had to sign this very specific agreement it was a lot of loopholes um anyway yeah, john uh, actually john actually uh pre-recorded his bit and it's just, it's just <laughs> yeah we're actually we're legitimately that john is not live right now yeah <laughs> yeah it's a really good point yeah. <laughs> um, he's mostly just been nodding and then saying yeah 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 <laughs> let's go into recommendations real quick i have to grab mine uh, right, cool. i have to grab mine but uh liam okay. go ahead all right to... liam you go ahead all right i guess i'll start with uh my recommendation which is a new youtube channel i discovered recently um i'm sure some of our viewers remember back when we did an episode on uh films that were uh canceled Mm-hmm. Well, this one is a whole channel to that. It's no, it's not cut short because that channel is apparently dead from what I'm able to gather. Oh, damn. Um, this one is called uh, Super Void Cinema. And this oh. guy does like a half an hour to hour and a half long video essays explaining every detail on the development of certain projects and why they never came to fruition. That's great. Uh, hmm. Yesterday, I actually watched one about, um, uh, was it about the development uh, that was going on between uh, Superman 4? and uh superman returns um on how uh there was almost a superman movie and this is uh, back in uh 2004 that was going to be directed by mcg and uh written by jj abrams weird um huh. and believe it or not despite how young he was at this t- at the time henry cavill was still lobbying that role hmm. even oh, all the way back okay. there there's even test footage that came out of him in the costume they were going to use that released uh, screenshots of test part. footage yeah yeah yeah, no, um, it also, uh, then there was also talk about how, uh, after McGee, uh, left the project, then, uh, Brett rape, rapist Ratner came in. Um, for those of you at home, he's on the list. Brett Ratner yeah. is a he's very, very bad man. Um, <laughs> yeah. but like, uh, then not, he, not just uh, the registered sex offenders list, the, the people that we hate list. I don't yeah. know if that made that clear. <laughs> then he came to uh, make, uh, then he left to go uh, sign on to X-Men because Brian Singer was leaving. Um, and uh, McGee came back on very quickly, but here's the funny reason as to why this project was canceled as to what I learned. And this is why I liked this channel because of little tidbits I wasn't aware of. It's because the studio mandated they were going to film in Australia and apparently McGee is scared of flying and refused to get on the plane to go yeah. location scout. <laughs> yep. Um, Take a boat. What? <laughs> <laughs> I also learned about uh, the development of Watchmen and how uh, way back in the day, David Hayter was going to uh, write and direct it, the voice of Snake from uh, Metal Gear Solid. Weird. In fact, uh, he's still credited on that movie because they kept most of his script. Oh, cool. But he actually even shot uh, test footage with uh, Ray Stevenson and... Uh, Sir Jorah from um, uh, Game of Thrones. Hmm. Wow. Um, I also I also don't remember that actor's name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, I've learned a lot. I even learned about a movie that was almost made to um, I was that was almost made to uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Paradise Lost by uh, John Milton, mm-hmm. as in like the epic mm-hmm. poem, and how uh, that almost came out of that was apparently scheduled to come out like two years ago or sorry, ten years ago in like a couple of days. Is, is that I, I assume that's why you texted me asking if I, if I yeah. thought that could ever be made. I don't know. You're I was you're a literary buff. I thought you might have an opinion. I've I've never read it. All I know is is there's it's biblical. 
Um, but no, it's a really good channel. The videos that I watched, I really enjoyed. Very informative. Um, yeah. Right cool. Um, let's let let's go, Lucas, Christian, John, and then we'll go for break. How about that? All right, sounds good. All right. Uh, mine. I don't have a physical copy because I, I listened to it on audiobook, so it's a book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's a book called Fireborn, and I've forgotten who wrote it. Hang on, I'll I'll, I'll keep talking while I look it up. Uh, basically, uh, it is uh, it, it's a it's it's very young adult in a lot of ways. Which so there's some tropes there that I, I don't really like. Like, but like kids rule. No, no, it's it's uh, like teenagers. So there's like kind of like some love triangle stuff going on. Yeah, that's I what I, I mean. Don't... Teenagers, kids rule, fight the system. Okay, sure. <laughs> like, uh, but it's her. it's a very it's a very heavily like um, uh, poli- like political intrigue sort of book as well. So okay, so it's uh, how do I explain? It? It's it's a fantasy novel, um, and there has just been a major like revolution in this uh, in this nation. The the higher the monarchy has been overthrown, and a new uh, sort of system has been put in place that's supposed to be much more egalitarian and everything and the ruling family is slaughtered uh except for one little boy who is spared by this new leader and he grows up sort of in an orphanage and uh he grows up in this system also knowing that his family was killed by the system but finds himself agreeing with the new system which I, which is to me was a really really interesting conflict. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and there's there's another character in it. Uh, her name is Annie. The the uh, lead character's name is uh, Lee, and she's sort of the other end of the spectrum where she was like dirt poor. She was a peasant with no option for like social mobility at all before this revolution. And now she has actual options. Um, and it sort of goes back and forth with whether or not is the, like is this new system good or is it bad or is it like a slight improvement and there's like uh lots of different perspectives on this new system from like uh different like uh political and economic uh points of view um and the book uh it's the author is Rosaria Munda I'm ho- I hope I'm pronouncing that right Fireborn by Rosaria Munda highly is it, recommend is it a series uh, it's going to be a series. Only the first book is out so far. Oh, okay. Second book is supposed to come out this year. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, my recommendation is also a book, um, oddly enough. Isn't that fucking weird? Christian's <laughs> recommending a book? <laughs> and no, it's not The Shadow of the Torturer by Gene Wolfe, which I am very close to finishing, by the way. Um, uh, Severian just had to fight a guy with a leaf. I don't want to get into it. Uh, uh, I recommend this graphic novel um, by Ricardo Cavolo. And sorry, it's the, the, it's drawn by Ricardo Cavolo. And it's written by this guy named Scott McClanahan. And it's called The Incantations of Daniel Johnston. Um, so for those of you at home who don't know J- who Daniel Johnston is, he was a musician uh, in the 80s and 90s um, who uh, struggled a lot with mental health, like very heavily with um, schizophrenia. Um, and among other things, and was a very sick man, but wrote some of the most beautifully awful music I've ever heard in my entire life. Because the man was not very musically inclined. Um, he couldn't play guitar. He could not play piano. Well, he could play piano better than I can, um, and arguably guitar better than I can, arguably. Um, but his, some of his lyrics are just astounding. 
Um, and he has like some of the most beautiful songs about love, but also mental health that I don't even think he knew that were about mental health. Um, most famous for Kurt Cobain once wore a shirt that said that was of a frog that said, hi, how are you? And that's the name of one of Daniel Johnston's albums. Um, anyway, the book, or sorry, uh, I'll show you some of the pages because they're super fucking weird. Um, this is a graphic cool. novel. Here is an intestine. <laughs> um, um, that art is so cool. It's very weird. <laughs> um, here's some eyeballs. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so I read this in quick, like, I don't know, like 40 minutes or so because the writing is really simple. But basically what it does is it summarizes the movie The Devil and Daniel Johnston, um, which is about Daniel. Um, it's a documentary about Daniel Johnston. Um, but it's really good. I really recommend it. And it's it's pretty cheap, all things considered. So I highly suggest that. He also wrote a uh, – Daniel Johnston also wrote a comic book called Space Ducks. Um, guess what it's about? Uh, geese on land no it's about ducks who are in space who try to fight satan um (laughs) yeah anyway (laughs) all right john take her away there my friend cool uh sounds good um so i've i spent a little like the the majority of the months just kind of catching up on uh 2020 um media that I might have missed, um, just because I don't know. It's almost uh, 2020 is far away. Um, so I have three recommendations, just based off of different kind of things you might want to watch. I'll try to go through them relatively quickly. The first one is Wolf Walkers. If you know, if you're a fan of animation, you're like, I already watched Soul. Uh, then definitely watch Wolf Walkers. I've it's, heard of that. What? It's uh, it's set in uh, Ireland back in like the fucking. 1300s or some shit like that i don't even know but like yeah wolves are wolves are kind of like a terror on this they're on the outskirts of this of this england kind of town and um yeah they just kind of like they kill sheep and they're they're a nuisance and then it's this little girl who meets what is called a wolf walker and they're just kind of like the guides for wolves they're like half human half wolf and it's just about their their friendship and it's a really beautiful movie and the animation is like kind of all over the place mm. like we talked about pixar being like very realistic while also being cartoony this is just like there's there's like just flat planes at points and then the wolves are drawn you can still see like the this the kind of baseline sketches you know with oh, the circles cool. that you all it's like cool and it was very interesting to watch um so yeah big recommend next one is a documentary called feels good man um, mm, which is about yeah, Pepe yeah. the frog. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 this was just like, uh, I didn't know how, like, honestly, how political Pepe the frog actually is. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, just kind of, uh, this, this one cartoonist who just kind of had like, a, I don't know, it's just like, I, don't know, I, I drew it and I like it and people want to use it. It's fine. And then it just kind of got out of his hands and, um, still uh surprisingly optimistic at points um and my last recommendation is my number one film of 2020 it's called baby teeth came out on netflix um baby from teeth. australia mm. yeah um so like it, it's it's this this teenage girl who's dying of cancer meets this 23 year old like dropout boy who's like he's a drug addict he is essentially like no good for her um, ben Mendelssohn and the woman from uh, Babadook are mm-hmm. her parents. And uh, 
their relationship is kind of rocky and and she brings his boy home and they're trying to wrestle with the fact that he's like seven years older but he still seems to be a good fit all of this to oh, say where that he's like, a dr- like he, yeah he's the drug dealer or whatever yes yeah right yeah 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 he he does all sorts of uh things like that um and it's just about all this very serious stuff but the movie is like fucking beautiful like honestly it's it's surprising how how uplifting like every single scene is almost just like given that it's underlined by this context of very serious illness and and issues related to to that and um and yeah i i had a lot of emotions during it and it's on netflix mm-hmm. of all three of these recommendations it's the easiest one to watch <laughs> you think i yeah. just assume everyone has netflix and the other ones are just kind of like you yeah, it's hit or miss right. um but yeah it's my little 2020 right on Thank you very much, John. So I'm looking at the OBS right now, and my face looks so like glossy, and I don't know why. <laughs> uh, taking John's emotional wild wild ride there and turning it right in about me. Uh, what a what a Thundercast episode. Why <laughs> am I not surprised? It's cliche at this point. Um, okay, so this has been the ingestion for this week. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can find all of the recommendations down in the description down below don't forget to hit like and subscribe and that little fucking bell fuck uh, off please hit the bell guys start doing <laughs> smash that like button hell yeah Liam. i'm doing voices okay so we are going to take a break really quick uh stream's gonna stay up so just stick around uh we're gonna take about a five to five to eight minute break so we can go pp and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, so that, thanks, John, for sticking around. Yeah, thanks, for the John. Thank I you really so much for having me. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Uh, if um, you are, hope... oh, go ahead. Hmm? I was gonna say, if you're I in just... the, if you're in the chat, just <laughs> if you're you in keep the... interrupting this video, Christian. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're in the chat, just just uh, give John a round of applause. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks, John. Yeah. Thanks, um, sorry, John. Go ahead. Oh, I hope that the rest of the episode goes well. I hope to be back at some point. And uh, Lucas, I'm glad that you are back. Thank you. I'm, I'm, thank you so much for filling in for me. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Oh, give Lucas back his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. No nipples. We're on Twitch. <laughs> okay. We will be right back. scene in Harry Potter where he opens that book and a face appears and just pops out and starts screaming at him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what, what we're doing you right do now. You, <laughs> what would you do if you pulled one of your books off the shelf, opened it up and it did bad? I would close the book. <laughs> and then what? And you still have a screaming book on your hands? Uh, I would probably put it in a metal trash can and burn it. <laughs> I, I think that's what, that's probably what my reaction would be. But then it would just start screaming. <laughs> it would scream more. <laughs> and it would be in pain. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Maybe you could just put it in a vice clamp or something. Maybe. I don't know if that would stop the screaming. (laughs) All right, everybody. We are back. This is the Thundercast live show, episode 50, Celebration Spectacular, and... all kinds of stuff for show. Annual yeah. proctological, <laughs> proctological exam. Um, <laughs> and I just, I just want to preface this. If you see my arms moving around, it's 
because I have a cat in my lap. Oh, Nothing weird, okay? Totally thought you were going to say it's because I'm playing with my pussy. I'm it, I, am, I am playing with my pussy. Damn it. There, there she is. Her name is Kim. Hi, Kim. Very cute. Um, <laughs> all right, so today we are talking about... So many of you, I don't know how many of you are diehard fans of the show or a bit, how many of you have been listening since the beginning. Probably none of you. Um, but uh, if you are one of those fans, then many of you will know that our very first episode of the Thundercast was Lucas, Liam, and I with just an H4N um, in uh, Liam and I's workplace. Uh, and we just sat in a circle and talked about our favorite movies. Um, you can go back and listen to that on all your streaming platforms. The episode is called Luke, Donnie, and Marty Walk Into a Bar, I believe. I believe that's what the episode is called. Just look up episode one. You'll find it. Yeah, it's not hard to find. Um, this is a long time ago. Uh, this is like two and a half years ago. Lucas and I were fresh off of finishing uh, In the Trees, I think. We were like a mm-hmm. year or two out of finishing that. Um, Liam had been talking about doing a podcast for a really long time, and I was always like, no. And then, and then one day, and then Luke- one day you were like, "Oh, I have an idea. Let's do a podcast." I'm like, uh, uh, "Okay." Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what happened. And uh, you know, ever since then, we've been riding strong with the Thundercast. We've been dealing with the humps and bumps, but here we are celebrating episode fifty. So today, we are going to be talking about our least favorite movies um if you have some of your own in the chat then please feel free to say them now um i do want to mention one thing before we really dive into this this part of the episode um is that we're going to do cool wars at the end of the episode as we always do um uh and i was thinking well liam actually had the idea was that we'll ask our chat um who you would like us to fight or who would you like for us to – yeah, who do you want us to fight? Timothy Shalom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Please pick someone very small and weak. Yeah, Tom Holland? <laughs> Actually, well, I, I think Tom Holland could beat the shit out of any of us. I think I could beat up <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Mm, <laughs> anyway, mm. um, anyway I, w- basically we want you, you guys in the chat. You a drum. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you have a, any ideas for Cool Wars, just drop them in the chat. Um, and you don't have to stop at one. Just post as ma- just think of cool characters, post a couple, and we'll, ch- and we'll go through and choose which ones we think will be the best. That's right. Uh, preferably you pick one character, and then we'll do the pair up. Um, we do have a, have a backup plan if we can't come up with one. But anyway, um, feel free to do that throughout this part of the episode. So, like I said, we are going to be talking about our least favorite movies or Um, as i can bluntly put it movies we fucking hate (laughs) but ones that really get under our skin okay i don't know if i have that many (laughs) but i fucking hate uh i want to kate said i want to beat up timothy chalamet only because dune has been delayed so hard (laughs) i don't really know also i want to point out that kim has got has probably got more attention in the chat than any of us (laughs) (laughs) fair fair john and kim fuck yeah, <laughs> they're stealing our show from us. Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> we get banned off Twitch for animal abuse. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Um, yeah. So, uh, who would like to start? Um, I mean, I have I have a few that are pretty obvious. I think I think it would be a disservice to our chat if we didn't talk about the one obvious one. Um, and I think Lucas knows. I see it on his face. He knows yeah. exactly what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. We're, we're gonna have to fight chat in a second here. Yeah. Um, um, sp- specifically, one person in chat. Specifically, you know one. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Yep. 
yeah. yeah, it is it is one of my least favorite movies of all time. And yeah. I am a hardcore Star Wars fan. Like yeah. like like the first episode of the show was me raving about how much I love the New Hope. Uh I really fucking hate Rise of Skywalker for so many reasons. <laughs> There's also the fact, but I will remind you guys that when we all went to go see it in the theater, uh what is it, Lucas and I was we took two vehicles and I was in the vehicle with Lucas. Lucas was literally driving angry, Nick Cage style, with his hand on the wheel clenched, and I'm trying to make small talk to try, and he's just having none of it whatsoever. Yeah, I haven't been in a car ride that tense since I punched my brother in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Did he deserve it? Um, Yeah. Okay. It it wasn't actually a fist. It was an elbow, so it was worse. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, yeah, so... That was for those of you who who are listeners of the show know that we did an entire episode on um, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker, um, probably our highest listened to episode, highest viewed episode, um, uh, because we fucking hate it. Uh, John yep. John actually was there too when we when we when we talked yeah, about was. it. So um, I'm glad we were able to have that that four way there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can think of a thousand reasons why I don't like that movie, and I I think yeah. Uh, my one of my main reasons for it being like my one one of my least movie favorite movies is because it's my least favorite Star Wars and Star Wars being such a pop culture like pillar at this point, mm-hmm. quite frankly, and it just kind of hardly finding its ground in being even a way to finish off a saga, not just you know not just be a movie like it could have been a shitty movie, mm-hmm. but it was the end of a series it was the end of a saga and it was the end of a trilogy so there's two things you fucked up right and then yeah yeah, so i just i i think for me that's why it was so disappointing and why it kind of makes me feel so so many feelings was because it it lacked so much potential you know or sorry it didn't lack potential it had too much potential and mm-hmm. it didn't live up to those expectations. And it was also mind. one of the least ambitious films I've seen in a long time. Yeah. In yeah, what for sure. I mean, of... not in terms of just like scope or scale. Like just in, t- in the general thing of telling a story. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Like it would have one of the least ambitious stories, no time to breathe whatsoever. And like, don't get me wrong. I have a, a what is it? I hate that. I don't like that movie for like the way it's made and all of that. But if I'm to take a step back outside of a film, my biggest issue with that is that it directly was made and went out of its way to appease toxic Star Wars fandom. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of my biggest issues with it. Like it's it's the thing caving to a toxic fandom. And that's I hate that's that's one of the reasons I hate that movie so much. Like one, it's a shitty movie, and two, it let the toxic fans win. Yeah. By just basically undoing the previous movie that made them mad for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, I know, I personally know, like, one of my, one of my best friends, um, whose name is Duncan, I will say his name, um, because I don't agree on his opinion, um, is that he, he thinks The Last Jedi is the worst Star Wars movie, and I was like, Mm -hmm. I have no idea how or why you think that, um, Mm -hmm. to be fair, I, uh, when I first, uh, we've all heard this story a million times, when I first saw it, I didn't fucking like that movie at all. And then I saw it again, and I was like, oh, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One thing I am going to add to the whole, like, uh, course correcting thing or whatnot, because we've had this three times now with Star Wars, where a movie has been course corrected beyond belief. We had it with Rogue One. Uh, What is it? But even then, that one's pretty up for debate as to how much of it was actually original. I don't know for sure. Like, uh, Gareth Edwards hasn't said anything. Then we had Solo, and then we had this. 
And the thing mm-hmm. with Solo is where I'm like, uh, what is it? And like Solo isn't really a movie I dislike very much. It's a movie I'm pretty indifferent towards overall. But the thing I have there is that like, at least it was fun. Mm-hmm. And at yeah. least it was like, yeah. it was an expendable movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. This, <clears throat> this is not expendable. You know, no. It was, this is the this is the finale to like Star Wars, like yeah. uh, and it's the Star Wars in nineteen seventy. It was the biggest movie of all time. Like. M- most Star Wars fans I've met have a similar opinion uh, than than what we have. There's a very select mm-hmm. few who do not um, agree with us. Um, you know, I, I assume there's some fans of the show that we are currently doing who would disagree or would agree with me on that, that they love, they love it, you know, and I don't agree with you. Uh, (laughs) Um, and honestly, like one of the, one of the reasons it bothers me so much is the character of Finn. Like Finn was a pretty, wasn't, wasn't like an uncomplicated character in like Force Awakens. Uh, but like there wasn't that much to him. And then groundwork was laid. Groundwork was late, exactly. In Last Jedi, he became so much more. He became a person who learned like how to care about a cause and dedicate himself to something bigger than him. And then before in nine, he screamed Ray a bunch, and that's all he did. Yeah. Also, before like, I hear <laughs> one person say, like, oh, the last Jedi just completely disregarded Finn and had him just go to a no relevant no. casino plan. I'm like, uh no. So the Force Awakens essentially like they say like, oh, that was his arc bear. I'm like, no, that's him like actually just learning to have friends or whatnot and actually care care in some capacity when he says takes the lightsaber and says come get it that's not him committing to a cause that's him just standing up for his friend right the last jedi his whole arc is literally about him learning to become a rebel that's Mm -hmm. why the whole become himself right become somebody who's not mm -hmm. a trooper right that's why there's that whole that's why there's so much emphasis on that scene with him and phasma where it's like you were always scum and he's like rebel scum yeah (laughs) that's even rules but like and also like there was such an obvious conclusion to finn's story that would have been so fucking cool and that was him leading a stormtrooper rebellion yeah him and it was it was was right there it was it was set up in force awakens where they set up that the stormtroopers were kids who were torn away from their families like that was right there and they didn't they just ignored it to have him scream ray and never never tell her something he wanted to tell her right oh and just have bad like bad banter with poe yeah yeah also ray and Uh, kiss and it pissed me off yeah Um, that was dumb i'm gonna give you my fourth third (laughs) shut up i honestly i honestly don't think uh oh yeah spoilers for rise of skywalker oh fuck it this one i don't care if i fucking spoil it ray ray is a ray is a uh, palpatine fyi if you haven't fucking seen yeah which was the i think one of the worst stories telling decisions i have ever seen palpatine had no reason to be in that movie no reason at all no i did enjoy ian mcdermott yeah. as palpatine he shouldn't have been in the movie but he was he's always a lot of fun. i mean i laughed when it just because it was so stupid when he just turned into zeus for like two minutes <laughs> there's so many unnecessary like death fake outs and there's and like ray became so much less of a character as well mm-hmm. like she she her character was uh, she gets i think she gets very underrated by the fandom but like yeah <laughs> skywalker um i don't know <laughs> i what was it Ray? I think Ray was such an interesting character in uh, both Force Awakens and Last Jedi, and then she just follows some clues to the treasure in Episode Nine. Yeah, it turns into and, and uh, she, she, Star she Wars finds out she's a Palpatine. Treasure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she does not steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that would have been a better movie. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Imagine Ray and Nicolas Cage palling around in space. I, I wouldn't have put it out. I wouldn't have put it past Abrams to have somehow slid in like the like the characters from his saga, his fucking trilogy. I'm not even going to call it that. But his two movies to go forward in time to our time and like have like the star wars people on our planet and it's like oh no i'm fucking and i would have been like that would have been a better way to end this fucking series i don't know anyway <laughs> and and the last scene in the series with ray claiming skywalker as her last name on tatooine like that scene obviously from like an outside perspective like i guess that makes sense for her to be there but like from a character perspective the only time Leia, this, this point has been made a lot on the internet, but I'm going to make it again. The only time Leia was on uh, Tatooine was when she was uh, enslaved. Luke spent his whole life wanting to get away from it. Right. Like, why would she go there? Right. Like, that's not a place where the main characters have good memories. Yeah, no, not at all. They don't like that place. <laughs> oh, but you know, and Anakin a was a slave there, it is, and his mother was murdered. But it's Abrams <laughs> being like, "Look, remember Star Wars? I love Star Wars. Don't yeah. you guys let? Why don't I remind you how great Star Wars is?" <laughs> I think the only thing that would have redeemed that that entire like third act for me is if Ray got into the into the the millennium falcon and they just cruised away yeah with her friends with her friends that's how yeah. it should have ended with her friends mm-hmm. bumping around the universe that would have been so much yeah. better but yeah. yeah and honestly rose should have been in the movie i know she was sure. technically in the movie but she wasn't in the movie. no she was not in the movie it's the that, same was, thing. that was that was that was another thing that pissed me off a lot it's the same it's, the, it's something i've also noticed with jj uh, abrams and certain female characters like, because I, I rewatched Star Trek Into Darkness, and whenever I rant about that movie, we're like, why don't you bring up Carol Marcus? I'm like, because she wasn't in that fucking movie. She didn't do anything. <laughs> she didn't say anything. She was there literally just to look sexy in one scene, and that was it. Yeah. Rose didn't even get bad. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on from Star Wars. Okay, so we've talked about um, Rise of Skywalker to death. We know we don't like it. So, And I don't really think we're ever going to shift on that opinion. Having said that, Lucas Liam and I talked on Monday um off off show uh off air sorry um see the on air sign we did the opposite of that. i did i did yeah we did, we did the opposite <laughs> of that um but we uh, like lucas had brought up a good point that way back when like we all fucking absolutely hated attack of the clones or hated the hated the prequel movies and then now we kind of grown to appreciate them for what they are and like mm-hmm. maybe maybe in five years i might rewatch. Rise of Skywalker and be like, oh, okay, I was overreacting. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe. I'm, I'm definitely open to that sort of thing happening. But I think one of the main differences there, even though I didn't really, even though I didn't like the prequel movies, uh, this is a point I made on Monday as well. Uh, it still added something to the Star Wars universe that and I enjoyed. And it opened a gateway for more stuff to come out and more interesting yeah. stories to yeah, be told. Yeah, exactly. And the movies also, themselves were not well made, and which also, arguably at least they were ambitious. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Arguably, the new, the Abrams and and uh, uh, Johnson, Johnson film films have opened up the potential for new Star Wars properties that didn't. Oh, they definitely have. And and like, I mean, too many, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, right. still opportunities for for you know, there might be a Star Wars show that's not the Mandalorian that I like. 
you know mm-hmm. there might be a star wars cartoon that i like that's not rebels because i don't like i don't like the animated series i don't like the animated shows very much i don't like clone wars i don't like rebels because i can't get past the animation um mandalorian i don't like the story it doesn't grab me the way that it does other people and people who are calling it a masterpiece like yeah good for you i'm glad you like it mm-hmm. it's not mine it's not my star yeah. wars it doesn't feel right to me you know it's like like i don't know you go on two tinder dates with with some girl and then it doesn't feel right and then you just get wrapped the last up thing it. i'm gonna say about uh rise of skywalker is that it started this it started a thought in my head that is really uh particularly just talking with Star Wars fans or whatnot, where when I point out really stupid shit or whatnot, which I was, and they say like, well, that's just Star Wars where I'm like, okay, yeah, Star Wars is kind of stupid, but at least, but like, there's a limit. Also, there's the fact that it kind of made me think like, do I even like Star Wars that much anymore? <laughs> and that was, just, that was just kind of an awful feeling to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. And and one one thing I wanted to say, because like we, we were talking about how uh, the prequels still added something to the Star Wars universe, even though they were bad movies. To me, Rise of Skywalker did not add anything. Like, there's nothing in that movie that I accept, like, as Star Wars. Right. And like, n- n- there's just nothing. There's just nothing. Like, I, I don't I can't even think of a single thing that even remotely approaches that. Like I, every other movie that has come out, including Solo and Rogue One, I've accepted as Star Wars immediately. Yeah, me too. Uh, and but like Rise of Skywalker didn't it didn't feel it felt like fan fiction. And I'm not I'm not trying to knock fan fiction, but like there's a reason fan fiction is fan fiction and not fiction. I agree. Like, <laughs> and and like I I'm mean, sure there's great fan fiction out there, but we've been sitting on these just, opinions it's, it's for different. we've been sitting on these opinions for 13 months at this point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're gonna change for the next 13 yeah. months at this point. Um, anyway, that's Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, Liam, do you have do you have one that you want to throw out there for uh, us? Yes, because this is the first movie that I actually really, truly hated. Like, I already I know mean, what it was, is, and I'm going to feel alienated in this conversation, but yes. Um, and that was <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Hurt, mm-hmm. Was it hurt me for a number of reasons. One... Because, well, first off, because despite what a lot of people say, M. Night Shyamalan is a filmmaker who I actually do have a decent amount of respect for. Um, Just like in the sense that he, like, whenever people go off and say, oh, he's never been good or never, I'm like, no, he has made, he has done some genuinely good stuff. Mm-hmm. And Benver's also just taking one of my favorite shows of all time and just like, uh, oh, was it just making it awful? Like, and it's made it harder to get people to watch. It's made it harder for me to get some people to watch a show that I consider one of the greatest animated series ever made because mm-hmm. all they think of is that fucking movie. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar boat. I didn't I didn't watch uh, Avatar The Last Airbender uh, as a child, so I don't have the nostalgic attachment to it. I watched it somewhere in my early to mid-20s, somewhere in there. Um, uh, and then immediately after I watched The Last Airbender, so I don't think I have the exact same experience uh, with it that uh, Liam does because I was I, I already knew from like proxy from osmosis that it was bad and that I was going to hate it. Uh, it didn't prepare me for how much I hated it. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just even outside of like the fa- like it's like even outside of the fact that I'm like what uh, M Night why was M Night Shyamalan but uh, why did they allow him to make this? Like this seems so out of his courtyard. Um, and even just like when it came to make it, there were some really weird choices that were made. Like, like I'm not really comfortable going off and saying a whitewashing thing, given it is made by an Indian director. Right. So like mm-hmm. something about that does feel a little uh, off-putting for me to say. 
but like just the fact that he mixed and mashed a bunch of things around that really confused me like in the show the fire nation is very like eastern chinese and whatnot mm. or like and uh in the movie they're very east indian and like of uh, a water tribe are like the whitest fucking people in the world about <laughs> when uh in the uh comic or sorry in the show they were very uh i was the inuit and first nations inspired right yeah right yeah yeah i mean to my knowledge of it which is very minimal is that like Shyamalan just didn't really i mean he didn't even really write it right he just directed it oh no he wrote it oh did he he okay. uh, made that movie because apparently he became a fan of a show because his daughter was a really big fan does it sound like he was a fan of the show it doesn't really well, sound like he so was a fan of the show here's the really weird thing is that uh back uh, when that movie went into ve- development and it's on uh, one of the dvds is uh, there's a very extensive interview where um, he talks with uh, Michael DiMartino and uh, Brian Konitzko when he was announced to be working on it. And he seems to like really be into it and like actually really understand a lot of things about it. I was it, but then like, it's just like, what? It's just one of those, what happened? Well, I mean, I know what happened. Like it was a bad idea for him to do it to begin with. Yeah. Drew wrote in the yeah. chats, uh, Imperial Japanese, actually. I don't know. For the, for the Fire Nation, right. uh, Imperial yes. Japan was also another inspiration for yes. the Fire right. Nation. But like each, each, uh, uh, each nation um, in that show is inspired by several different uh asian nations but yeah yeah like uh, the air nomads are very based around um well shaolin monks as well as um mm-hmm. like hinduism yeah yeah but um and also i think i think it's just generally a bad idea to make avatar live action yeah. like so much of, like i cannot think of a way that you can make bending look cool in live action like it it looks like even <laughs> like even animated it looks pretty cool but like the concept's pretty silly yeah like like it's justified in the universe and it works in the show but like trying to translate that to live action i personally i don't see a way that can work maybe someone can i don't know but maybe I don't see got, we've all seen the got, avengers like, movies and how scarlet witch waves her hands around <laughs> i mean maybe if they got like a filmmaker who actually specializes in like martial arts and whatnot like mm-hmm. imagine if like right out right off of if like you just pulled ang lee right out right off of a uh, crouching tiger hidden dragon or something mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. for sure like because Shyamalan shoots everything so wide and center and he does a lot of wonders where like the actors you could tell have to keep up with it or whatnot yeah and and they and they clearly didn't either didn't rehearse it enough or just chose a bad take for some reason (laughs) like (laughs) um there's also shit in that movie that apparently was filmed but was cut like apparently Shyamalan shot shit with a a kiyoshi warriors really yeah apparently that shit was filmed and casted Hmm. Uh, oh okay huh Um, that's surprising to me for some reason no and the whole movie is like just bad it's all just bad exposition it feels like it doesn't feel like you watched a movie it feels like somebody just sat down and read you a bunch of exposition (laughs) yeah okay and then this happens and then this happens basically yeah Yeah. and like no it was this go on it was checkered storytelling Mm -hmm. (laughs) right yeah yeah um yeah no and like uh, there's also the fact that there are like some genuinely talented people in there and in fact, one thing that I do like in that movie out of context is it has a really cool score by James Newton Howard. Mm. Like it's not at the TV show Avatar, but it is a cool score nonetheless because James Newton Howard's really fucking cool. Did um, he do the the show as well? Uh, no. Oh. Um, I don't like, know. I don't know James Newton Howard. Sorry. Uh, he uh, co-did the score for Batman Begins. Oh, okay, okay. Did um, we talk about him he, in our in our Lost episode by chance? Probably. Yes. Okay. Go on. Um. But like, yeah, no, it's just a movie. It's the first movie that I really hated because it genuinely hurt me. 
<laughs> also because the other reason is because like uh i was it i was it is because like this is around a time when i was really starting to get into uh, develop a fascination with actually making movies or whatnot and how they're done and like i always and at that time i had been a bit of a Shyamalan apologist because like i was one i'm one of the people who likes the village i was of a sixth sense is one of my favorite movies i love unbreakable and then like this is the one where i was like yeah i just i was i'm like this is just indefendable like even parts of the happening as bad as that movie is there are ideas in there that i don't think are terrible what no no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Liam has basically covered everything I hate about that movie as well, and it's just like, like Avatar: The Last Airbender is my favorite story. Like, period. That's the end of that sentence. And just to see it so badly adapted is just kind of painful. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to put it. It's just, I, I don't like that movie. Yeah. Okay. Excuse me, uh, Lucas. What else do you have on the on your list? Uh, well, the last air. Oh, we covered that. No, um, uh, bright. Ah, uh, yes, bright. bright. I I watched the whole thing. I hate. I I I I stopped watching movies that I didn't think I would like a long time ago, like because I didn't. I I like I found hate watching something stressful, mm-hmm. and then I watched Bright because a friend recommended it, and I was like, I don't I don't know. I saw the trailer; it doesn't look very good to me, but I'll give it a shot. And that was the first time in years that I hate watch something. <laughs> that was actually a movie where when I heard the concept, I thought it sounded kind of interesting. And uh, yeah, yeah. The concept's and cool. Amber is also the fact that like after Suicide Squad, I was like, okay, maybe David Ayer could come back. Maybe he can actually do something really cool again. But this was Blue Lives Matter of a movie. <laughs> Ooh. Basically, yeah. and, uh, Kate says the apotheosis of lazy world building, which is another yep. uh, Lindsay Ellis video. Which uh. is very good. Yeah, there's uh. weird references to sh- like there's sh- yeah like there's weird references yeah, yeah. in there that don't make any sense. Like Shrek, I, I think like, he he calls it he calls an orc Shrek, which means someone made Shrek in a world where orcs and ogres exist, <laughs> which is very weird. That's very odd. Yeah, I I think I watched the first like fifty. I watched up to the point when Will Smith kills that pixie on his lawn. And oh was, yeah, and I was like, "Is that not homicide?" Like, yeah, I, I mean, it, it appears it it appears that they're like just animals, which is weird because like centaurs are a thing too. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but they're and they're people. Um, no, apparently no no one has like everyone has trouble with the orc cop, but apparently having centaur cops is fine. So apparently there's no racism against centaurs because they got big centaur cop. <laughs> um, I said yeah, cops. Also, <laughs> you know, there's also just like. Uh, what is it again? It's like, uh, uh, what is it? I think uh, Leon from Renegade put it best when it's like social commentary by centrists. <laughs> and also Max Landis is like the worst fucking person on the planet. He, yeah, he's, he's a very awful. bad person and also a very bad writer. Yeah. You can be a bad person and be a good writer. Max Landis is not. I've seen one of his films um, and it's called Me, You, Her or Her, You, Me or whatever. Mm. It's some shitty fucking I, mean, I liked like, Chronicle when I saw it, but I did I did like Chronicle. Yeah, but like how much of Chronicle did he write? You know, Josh Trank definitely yeah, had a lot to do with that. Um, yeah. and also the performances from like uh Dane Dehan and like Michael B. Jordan yeah. are also a big part of that movie. And then whatever the other guy, the jock dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot his name. Yeah. Um but a bright and like 
aside from like the the like uh political aspect of it and the uh moral aspect of it it's also just really badly written and like how do they keep finding them building how do they keep finding them like they get the movie is like them running away getting into a different place the same people keep finding them somehow yeah yeah and also one more thing about the world building in one shot, there's just a dragon flying around above, like, Los Angeles or whatever city it is. I want to see like, that. I want to <laughs> see the fucking dragon in Los Angeles. <laughs> like, <laughs> Does he go to In-N-Out Burger? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have and, In-N-Out and, Burger? Yeah, there's there's one really funny uh, joke in Lindsay Ellis's video um, where there, there's this line where uh, a Mexican cop says something about, uh, like, someone makes some sort of orc uh stereotypical remark and someone says hey and the mexican cop says hey don't look at me uh mexicans still get shit for the fucking alamo uh and Lindsay yells kind of rant, rants about that for a little while then she comes to the world bu- building and there's like the war of the seven races and she's like wait were mexican were mexicans one of the seven races <laughs> <laughs> um also uh with this with that whole thing also is the fact that the characters are just too unlikable. And that's something David mm-hmm. Ayer has walked that fine line of in the past. Like mm-hmm. Fury, like there are points where it's really hard to like those people. Mm-hmm. But at the end, the whole point is that all of them kind of get their moment of clarity at the end. Man, mm-hmm. what happened to David Ayer? I don't know. Like I've heard the tax collector is really bad. Mm-hmm. Like I have no interest in seeing it, which is, you know, yeah. like Shia really committed, but also fuck Shia. Um, Shia, you're on the list. You're on the list. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and like, uh, yeah, like there's uh, like Will Smith's character is like, well, outside of his whole story being like the most predictable thing I've ever seen with mm-hmm. like him, you're upright, her yeah. all of that. I'm like, um, there's like the fact that like this movie doesn't even really understand how buddy cops work. Like him and uh, uh, Joel, Joel Edgerton. Egerton or yeah. Joel Egerton or uh, don't really learn to become friends in any real meaningful capacity. No, they no. Just, the like, actors, the, the actors have basically, yeah. Uh, the actors have pretty good chemistry, and there's 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 the, the occasional like fairly decent joke, um, like um, uh, they're they're in a shootout and they're like hiding behind a car, uh, and he's he's like, "You good? You hit? Got any holes?" And then just the ones I was born with, and then uh, that's a line of dialogue. That's a line of dialogue. Yeah, that's not the that's not the part. I've I've actually forgotten what the actual funny joke was. Uh, oh no, 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 no. Then then uh, the orc looks back at Will Smith and says, "How are your holes?" And then Will Smith looks back. How do you, how the fuck did you make a shootout awkward? Like, <laughs> <laughs> which was a genuinely I, I thought anyway funny uh, moment in the movie. But yeah. it's the only good thing I can think about it. <laughs> um. Okay. So moving on. Uh. If that's cool, Lucas. Yeah. Okay, um, so before I dive into to one of the ones that I have on my list here, um, I would like to throw this over to the chat. If you if you happen to have a least favorite movie, go ahead and throw it in the chat, and we'll talk about it. Um, if you happen to have one, if not, we'll just keep uh, keep on rolling. Um, one of my least favorite movies is one that I don't think you guys um, have uh, ever not heard me talk about, and that is um, Kenneth Branagh's Thor. Um, it made my brain Thor. Uh, <laughs> all right moving on i just wanted to tell that me. joke uh, <laughs> just kidding yeah i don't know so i saw it in the theater as many of the marvel films um i have another marvel film on my list as well um but thor just i don't 
I think, okay, it shouldn't have been a Kenneth Branagh film. Uh, in some, or no, if you're going to let him do it, let Kenneth Branagh do like an epic Shakespearean drama. Yes, so that's what I was going to get at was that he he was on a fucking leash, and like Kenneth Branagh is not one of those guys who you really like put on a leash in that way, you know, like mm. um, because Murder on the Orient, Orient Express is not a bad movie. I, mm. I I I think it's totally fine. It's not a great movie, but it's fine, and yeah, I he. Liked it. He, he it's did very it. much like, a Kenneth Branagh movie. It's a Kenneth Branagh very movie. So. It's very unapologetic, unapologetically Kenneth Branagh. Like he, he's you know very prim and proper and knows what he's doing. I still haven't seen Tenet, so I don't know how he is in that. But um, he's fun in Tenet. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, but Thor is yeah. He's I get what Feige and 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 like. Uh, all the Marvel people were doing at the time in like the setup and whatnot. I just don't think the feet were on the ground quite yet at that point. Mm. Cause before that we had Iron Man and the incredible Hulk. Is that right? Well, we also right before that we had Iron Man two, which is a shithead movie, but I love ACDC. <laughs> yeah. Good for ACDC. Doesn't make a movie good. Uh, I don't know. I've seen maximum overdrive. <laughs> that movie's not, that movie is not good. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I, I, I personally don't hate Kenneth Branagh's Thor. I, I think it's kind of just fine. But I've, I've always thought that like, if they stayed in like Asgard and like the, the Frost Troll realm, like I can't remember what, what that place is called. Uh, like, Jotunheim. Jotunheim, yeah, yeah. That would have been so fucking cool. With, but like, still with the, with like the sort of Shakespearean drama between Odin and Thor, like Thor not being worthy and stuff like that. Yeah, do like uh, the Shakespearean like uh, dr- family drama or whatnot yeah. among mm-hmm. uh, the, the gods and like uh, yeah, how was it like go to different realms or whatnot? Like go deal with like Surtur or whatnot. Well, or, that's like, what that's uh, what Brana that. does best is he does like parables or straight up adaptations. You know? Yeah. Like he, he Honestly, like, his he he delivered one of the best, uh, in my opinion, like pre-battle like encouraging speeches in Henry V, uh, Christmas Day, mm-hmm. Saint Christmas Day speech. It's it's incredible. His Hamlet. It's really good. Mm-hmm. His Hamlet. I don't movie? think I've seen that one, but yeah, I, I, think I, I assume it is. I think he's in Hamlet. I could, I could be. Missed. I, I'm, he he made he made so many, he's he's been in so many Shakespeare adaptations. <laughs> yeah. Like he's great. We love Brana in this household, yeah. um, but except for this one, <laughs> except for this movie. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just I I think uh, I don't know if they were really prepared to make that movie, mm-hmm. um, and. They they figured Thor out in the Marvel universe. Yeah, later, by just laughing at him. Which Liam, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> we're, not, we're not disagreeing with you. But like, what they should have done is stuck with that Thor, you know. And then, but slowly over time, Thor became a joke, which is mm-hmm. infuriating in it, in it in and of itself. But in the Kenneth Branagh one, like it's funny because he's like fish out of water, but it's not. It doesn't play the way that you think it should play, right? Mm-hmm. And I think also some of the performances are just insufferable. Like Kat Dennings, oh my god, <laughs> she's only bare for pop culture references. She's and insufferable. To be like, look at how weird Thor is. And also Natalie—that's <laughs> one of Natalie Portman. I will, I will argue, will argue that that is one of Natalie Portman's worst performances because she does Fair. fuck all. She's just mm-hmm. boring, and you don't give boring material to Natalie Portman. Like no. she is a she's a very talented actor and she knows how to work a script and she knows how to work a scene and I've said it a million times 
there's one scene in that movie that I cannot fucking stand, and that is when Thor and her are sitting at a campfire, and he starts telling her about Asgard. And she looks him dead in the eyes, and she goes, oh, tell me more. <laughs> that also just sums up the whole problem with the whole um, Thor being adapted into the Marvel Universe, which is, and it gets really bad, as much as I do enjoy this movie, it gets really bad by the time you get to Thor Ragnarok. Where they simple like Thor has a really out there and insane mythology or whatnot, like, mm-hmm. and it's always just been simplified to like, oh, just they're like aliens on another world or in a far off. And I'm like, no, like the door uh, was it, I uh, was it Asgard and whatnot, and Thor and the Marvel comics were like other planes of existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like where you go, so like when you go through a bi- Bifrost, you're not just tell, you're not just uh, going through a Stargate. You're winding up on another plane of existence. Yeah. Yeah. Liam, you're wobbling I, I your understand. desk a lot. Your your camera's like blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> I, I kind of understand how, I mean, like, as somebody who plays a lot of D&D, planes of existence are, like, everyday shit for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I I get how, like, that could be confusing to, like, people who aren't in those kind of nerd spheres. But, like, I'm like, oh, it's a different plane. Of, oh, it's a planet? What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. With, just with Thor, like, from, from the beginning, they've been too timid about the material, like, Mm-hmm. even as far as taika watiti did like i enjoy that movie but it's not thor i don't it's, think uh, big, it's big trouble little china with the thor character in it <laughs> and i and i really don't think love and thunder is gonna make this any better i really don't i no, think they're, they're uh, gonna they're gonna continue what they did in ragnarok because yeah. ragnarok did really well financially i think uh, the, and, and and got really really good reception critically i think the only movie that will that will rival the idea of planes of existence is dr dr strange in the multiverse of madness mm. that's the closest mm-hmm. we're going to get to like marvel being ballsy enough yeah. to show us varying degrees of different worlds and existence yeah the, the furthest they went there was like the mirror dimension or whatever it's called right? yeah exactly and even then yeah. my biggest problem with the doctor strange movie is that is the fact that i thought they overused that one place hmm. um, um so sorry that's an, that's all i got to say about thor uh looking over at the chat here uh some of the ones I mean, these are these are pretty obvious answers. Like, um, no offense to you guys, but just like the d- date movie and scary movie. Yes, those are very bad movies. Do you I th- go to those movies knowing they're going to be bad? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like those are the kind of movies that, like, I wouldn't say they're my least favorite because when I was a kid, I loved Scary Movie Four. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I, you know, and- something I was going to say something like that, Luke, which Lucas brought uh, with Bright. Uh, was it is that Bright is a movie that likes to make that wants you to think that it's really good. It's a movie mm-hmm. that pees on your leg and tells you it's raining. <laughs> and for me, that's the kind that's where you really have to go for a movie to be bad. It's a movie, it's a movie that um steals your wallet and tells you it didn't do it while it's rubbing it in your face. <laughs> I liked your your first metaphor was better. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like like Liam said, these are the kind of movies that like you know you're going to go hate. Um, and you, you can laugh at them. It's the same thing, uh, like Manos here wrote, um, The Room. Uh, he said, I like The Room, I guess, is like the king of bad movies, but you have talked about The Room lots. We have talked about it. We, we rewrote The Room in one of our first episodes when we were playing. Um, uh, what did we, didn't we turn it into like a, I don't even remember, like an action movie or At least something? The Room is also at least like a, a shoestring nothing production whatsoever. And it's got mm-hmm. heart. It's. I mean, it's not. It's. It's a black. It was, it's obviously obviously made with uh, passion. Yeah. Say I mean, that. <laughs> passion. Yes. <laughs> That's all I gotta it's say. It's horribly about. misguided I, passion, but um, <laughs> one uh, film that I had on my list is uh, 
uh, was that this one is uh, one of my most hated blockbusters of all time. And this is one that I, uh, what is it, liked as a kid, but then I, because I saw it in the theater, and I'm like, you know, when you're 10 years old, you like just about anything. And this is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That movie frustrates me to no end. Um, It's like, the best way to describe it is, no one wrote that thing. Not really, no. (laughs) They were just like, oh, let's get all these actors in wardrobe. We'll... uh, Okay, I don't care if I spoil this, but there's uh, one point in that movie where um, it's uh, one of the worst times I've ever had of the movies because it's the biggest oxy-fucking-moron I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah. Pirate vote. <laughs> they spend like three hours, or they spend like an hour sitting around in this island, this shipwreck island or whatnot, and uh, they're debating on should we stand and fight, uh, uh, was it, and fight these guys, or should we release this crab lady goddess? And after just a bunch of arguing, they end up doing both. Oh, and then when they release this crab lady, what does she do? Nothing. <laughs> Doesn't she, she open to... like the whirlpool or whatever? Yeah, but that That's could have just it. been written off as a bizarre weather happenstance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would. Uh, that, that, that's on the level of the writing on that movie, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but like, uh, there's also like the whole Jack comes sailing over a dune on an ocean of crabs. <laughs> so no, that was that write... was that was just Johnny Depp's sex life. No, hey. somebody <laughs> somebody had to write that and submit it for a green light. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, the last one, just because I don't want to talk about this fucking movie too long, is the fact that this movie does this whole thing where it's like, uh, uh, was it the British Empire of the East India Trading Company are banding together to try and take over pirates? And this mo- and this is one thing we don't seem to get. The pirates are not good guys. <laughs> Some may be considered anti-heroes, but like, they try to make them victims. <laughs> yeah, pirates were... News. This is this is this is a, a deep historical insight. Bad people. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Liam, you got a fan um, in the chat. Uh, Kate says, "I love how Liam knows too much about every movie ever." <laughs> Which, welcome to the Thundercast, Kate. Welcome to the Thundercast. God, it was. Yeah, no, it's one of the worst blockbusters I've ever seen, and it's one of the most overblown, like just overbaked but underwritten films i've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. yeah there's a handful of, of cool scenes i think like the duel between jack and uh uh davy uh, jones D- i think is pretty cool in a lot of parts at least and it's it's a, but like that's kind of all i can think of like, yeah. and even then that whole end battle goes on so long to a point where it's like so they fight 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 yeah they're still <laughs> fighting <laughs> that's why the movie is so long that and like seven unnecessary subplots but yeah. uh it's a, like because it's amazing because like the first pirates of the caribbean movie is such a concise tightly written movie it's one of my favorite action movies yeah it's and, and like one of the um uh one one of like the in my opinion one of the best like duels in movie history is jack and will in the first uh first pirates movie and then a lot of the swordplay gets pretty boring, and especially World's End. There's, there's, there's fun ones that definitely in Dead Man's Chest. Yeah, like that but, whole uh, where we're fighting on like the island or whatnot, and we're on uh, another windmill. That what's the name for those things that like lift up the water and whatnot? Oh, the um, watermill, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're fighting. Yeah, when it breaks mm-hmm. off and we're fighting on top of it's that, that's scene. really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That entire bit, yeah. like when he cuts the thing and flies up, like yeah, yeah, great. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fun. I love, I, I do love Barbosa though. In any in any time that he shows up, I love Barbosa. Yeah, I think, but it bugs me that they brought him back, especially in uh, the mm. third one, because like um, 
him and Jack have this weird out. Most of the movies them bickering at each other. And then they have this weird heart to heart where I'm like, this is the guy Jack saved a bullet for. Yeah. Or I'm like, <laughs> if you, and also there's the fact that I'm like, he had a good death. He, they gave him a good and satisfying death. And then they just mm-hmm. undermine it because his character was popular. Right. Yeah. Barbosa is like, in, at least, at least in the first one, Curse of the Black Pearl, he's the perfect pirate. Oh yeah, Jeffrey like he, Rush was born to play a pirate. He's so like the the weird lines he has, like talking about like uh, immortals locked in judgment, like in a, uh, in epic battle until Judgment Day and shit like that. It's so <laughs> yeah. weird, and I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, one that uh, I finally got it off my chest. That's one that I've been sitting on for however long ago that movie came out. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Let's see. In the chat, we say, okay, here's the thing about the first Pirates movie and why Barbados came back. Oh, sorry. I think Manos is going to write a little bit more. Lucas, uh, Lucas, what, uh, what else do you got? Uh, we've actually talked about the, the three that I prepared already. Liam, Liam and I sort of went over the last airbender. Um, but yeah, what else? Um, I, do, do you guys have more? I, I'll try to think of another one. Oh, I have, I have one more that uh, okay. I definitely, I think Liam and I definitely will talk about for a little while. Um, and that is uh, a movie that I saw. Uh, we've talked about it on the show, uh, I think, um, a while ago. But it's a movie that I saw for my birthday uh, two years ago. Um, my 26th birthday, is that right, Liam? I think it would have been. Uh, two um, years ago? Yeah, so this would have been uh, Fast and the Furious Hobbs and Shaw. Um, what? It's just fucking boring. Like, I, like for a movie, if one was seeing it on my birthday... There's the day of my birth. You know, I want to go see a movie because I like movies. And I thought I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to watch The Rock and Statham kick ass for two hours. Like, they're going to fucking rule. And it's boring as fuck. Like, it's an action <laughs> movie that has – it. yeah, it's full action. and there's But the action just isn't engaging. Like, it doesn't draw you in, you know, like – which is funny because you think of, like, I, the action movies that I really love, like Die Hard, for example. Die Hard is an action movie. But it's also not really an action movie. Like, it, it reserves its action for when it needs... It paces like, it well. Yeah, I mean, the best thing about about um, about action films is when the action drives the plot, you know? Like, when it's mm-hmm. a necessary part of what's going to happen next in the movie. Die Hard proves that. Everything that John McClane does proves... and Sorry, plays into the next scene. And even play, sometimes plays into the end of the movie. Um, Hobbs and Shaw is just the rock beating the shit out of people, which I don't mind. And I don't him mind and Statham that. Bicker, bickering at each other, which is here's the thing. There are points where I got some laughs with their scenes. Sure. The problem is that they speak in the exact same meter. And the, this movie doesn't really seem to understand how buddy cop movies work, which is that one, the, two, buddy two, cop similar. Movies two buddy cop yeah, movies. Two buddy cop movies. Too similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, mm-hmm. they're 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 essentially the only difference between the two of them is their physical mass. They're both yeah, well, bald, snarky dudes. They're one both... is more suave, the other is more boisterous. That's it. One is one is Samoan and one is English. Like that's like, <laughs> there's not a lot going on there to like and really not... make you interested in the characters. And then what's her what's what's the woman? What's her name? I don't even remember the character's name. Uh. Uh, Vanessa Kirby or yeah Vanessa Kirby like she also is like you could tell she's trying 
she's trying so hard <laughs> to like tie that movie together and try and make it. Even Idris Elba is trying to have a good time. But I don't like using this phrase, um, but I'm going to use it because I, I, I can't think of another word. But Idris Elba is a Mary Sue, let's face it, in that movie. He's yeah. overpowered. You can't stop him. There's no way. Am I using that right? Is that the right phrase? Is this right? I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. Oh. Um, the biggest problem with him is, oh, was it, oh, was it with him? Is well, one versus the fact that talk about how um apparently years before this movie, um Statham shot him in the head, and I'm like, and he survived. I'm like, where's the scar? <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing tends to leave a scar. Yeah. 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 Um, no, the biggest thing with that movie is that it's like, one, it's too long. Like, I would have tolerated it more if it were, like, maybe just the two-hour mark, hour 45. Hour 45, it's two and a half hours long. Yeah, and it, like, and it's just one of those things where I was like, I really wanted to have a good time, but they just over-blew it. And, like, it doesn't even feel like, and the thing also is that, like, like, usually I don't have a problem with them making it super goofy or whatnot, but the reason the Fast and Furious movies work is because it is overblown and absurd and like absolute buffoonery, but the characters play it super fucking straight. Right. Like, like the rock is just the rock at this point. The thing with Hobbs is that like Hobbs was like a professional wrestler in uh, the W uh, or in uh, the, or in the fast and furious movies. Like he's a guy who like, I wasn't, I was, I mean, he's saying things that are absolutely ridiculous. Like you just earned yourself a dance with the devil boy. Yeah. <laughs> but he plays it so straight. Well here it's just like, you're bald. No, you're bald. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's three bald dudes fighting. That's the movie. We have somebody. In the we have somebody in the chat whose name is the the Max Marvelous who said, "How dare you say anything about Idris?" I didn't say Idris is bad. I said, I said his character of of Superman in this movie, Black Superman, is fucking awful. There's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, uh, I did come up with uh, one more. Well, give her, Lucas. All right. It's not a movie that I... Uh, so I have complicated feelings about this movie. There's part of it I absolutely despise and part of it that I kind of enjoy. Is it Dragonheart? Watch... No, I just... <laughs> I unironically love Dragonheart. Yeah, no. <laughs> Let him say it, uh, Christian. Hey. <laughs> uh, but I, I enjoy the movie for what it is, like, in an entertainment aspect. But from, like, a historical perspective, this movie is a fucking insult to everything it's supposed to be about. And I'm sure you've guessed that it's Braveheart. It's Braveheart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of historical inaccuracies in that movie is extremely frustrating. Like, I get you can argue that they're, they're basing it off the, the poem about William Wallace, not the actual story about William Wallace. Uh, but also it doesn't really do that either. Um, one of the, one of the most, one of the biggest glaring inaccuracies is one of Wallace's most famous battles was the battle of Sterling bridge. And this bridge was, uh, uh, was a part of a tactical move by the Scottish in which they encircled either end of the bridge while the bridge were uh, crossing it as a way to reduce their effective number and then slaughter. Uh, and that's how they won that battle despite being massively outnumbered uh, in the movie. There's no bridge. It's just a pitch battle in a field. Like it was in the name. Like <laughs> yeah. how'd you miss it? Like <laughs> it's like the Leaning Tower of Pizza, and, also, and somebody another... puts up a big thing of cheese. <laughs> it's like, no, it's pizza. <laughs> Sorry, that bad joke. That was awful. I yeah. don't even know and, that and also, uh, and in in the movie, Braveheart has an affair with Princess Isabella of France, uh, also known as the She Wolf of France. Was was a name that she came to earn later in her life. Uh, she was like two and in France when Wallace died. So, 
That's so gross. I'm assuming they didn't have an affair. I hope not. Um, and like, because Wallace never went to France. And there's this whole thing in the movie about how Wallace uh, won't kill innocents. Wallace killed, he, he decapitated children and put their heads on spikes. Like Ooh. Wallace was not a good dude. Like, <laughs> and one more, one more, this is a less glaring historical accuracy, but one that's kind of funny. Uh, you know the outfits they're wearing with like the tartans and the kilts and everything. Yeah, yeah. That was not that was not a thing Scottish people wore at the time. That was something that came into fashion like 200 years later. Um, so that may not seem like a big deal, but then I'll put it in a different context for you. It's like watching a movie about the American Revolution and everyone is wearing 21st century business suits, <laughs> <laughs> beating each other Mel up with brief, and, briefcases. Yeah. Imagine um, uh, uh, Mel Gibson of a patriot wearing a um, wearing like, yeah, a exactly. tuxedo as he goes into battle. He's got a tux on <laughs> instead of like the pike or whatever he uses to kill him. Yeah. At the end, he's just got like a briefcase beating him to death. <laughs> Wait, um, or Russell Crowe in Master and Commander, but he's using a phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like one of those 80s like <laughs> no it's funny because he threw a phone at something never mind right okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I, missed, I missed that reference Ooh, bad. lucas did you move <laughs> near the airport because <laughs> everything's going over your head <laughs> um but yeah that movie any, anyone got anything else sir because i have uh one or two more i might depending on what you guys have i might just keep it to one and choose between the two let's do I one got nothing else yeah let's do one more luke uh liam you can have one more all right and this this is one where Christian has seen me audibly angry in the theater. And this is when him and I went to go see Suicide Squad. Oh, God, yeah. I knew it was going to come <laughs> up. I'm yeah. glad it did. I'm glad it did. So, uh, what is it? On my letterboxed, I have a list of, like, my least favorite movies of all time. A lot of them are very, uh, are just, like, well, I mean, obviously, subjectivity and whatnot are, like, are like they're ordered in very much a me thing. But the reason why that one is as high on its list is because... How could anyone possibly defend this thing? I agree. Um, like, not only is it poorly put together, not only is it visually really ugly, not only is it a movie made by Hot Topic or those snarky Billie Eilish dumbasses. Um, Billy was like 14 when that movie came out, Liam. You, but you know what I mean? Like, that whole aesthetic where it's like that snarky teenager acting like we're the toughest thing in the world where I'm like, shut up. But there's also the fact <laughs> that, like, it's like, it's one of the most, like, just tone-deaf, misogynistic, like, gross movies I've seen in a while. Like, there's a running joke of just women getting punched in the face that it's not like the Nick Cage thing where it's like, that's unintentionally funny because it's supposed to be in a scary movie. This one, it's like, oh, we're intentionally trying to make you laugh at this. Um, there's a point where a guy's head gets blown off and Harley says, like, now that's a killer app. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I never I never saw it, so. <laughs> I don't really think you need um, to. <laughs> No, I didn't think so either. Yeah. I watched know, the trailer and I'm like, nope. You know, that movie is, it was filmed with a fucking shotgun and cut together with a broken chainsaw. Who <laughs> um, needs Adobe Premiere? Yeah, tell me how you um, really feel, Liam. <laughs> um, it also, uh, the biggest thing that really, like, and this is coming from me, this genuinely actually kind of offended me. And that's the whole Harley thing in there. Uh, was it with like whole, them whole, portraying the whole, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, her relationship with a Joker is kind of like a uh, rock star lover kind of thing and romanticized. Uh, what is it? And like uh, they're always making fun of the fact that she's crazy or whatnot, where I'm like, okay, as, uh, as somebody who knows people that have been in genuinely abusive, uh, uh, was it physically abusive relationships and just what everything that uh, was it that the character of Harley and her relationship with the Joker and Mad Love were all about, it just really, it did not sit well with me at all. Right. Um, 
outside of and then like as i mentioned earlier when like rereading suicide squad there's a blatant disrespect to so many characters that are thrown in there um the only thing i ironically liked in that movie is captain boomerang and that was fucking jai courtney <laughs> and liam, ha- liam <laughs> hates jai courtney yeah we have very strong opinions about jai courtney yep. you know christian and i saw that movie in the theater and i and i remember looking over at him and like i halfway through i said to christian like that i wanted to leave liam it wasn't even halfway through it was like the first <laughs> five ten minutes when amanda waller cuts her steak and then puts it in her mouth and then it cuts to another shot where she's still cutting the fucking steak and i was like what God damn. I, I was there's, pissed i was like i was like no nope. i was like this movie's gonna fucking suck from here on out the, and sure the enough, other the other huge thing and this is one that nobody really seems to talk about which is this is not a suicide squad movie the, su- the whole premise of a suicide squad is that the government has has their hands in some shady and di- uh, was it shit that can make them look bad. So to go cover it up, they send the squad there to uh, go deal with the conflict. And if something go bad goes wrong or like they get caught, they can just throw them under the bus. Right. And if it, you don't send them to deal with like an Avengers level threat. Like, why are you going to send a guy who's a really good shot, a lady with a baseball bat, a dude with boomerangs, <laughs> and the man who could clam anything to go <laughs> and uh, deal with this conflict? Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so we have some strong feelings about a few movies, as I'm sure you have just yep. seen. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go to break um, for another five five to eight minutes or so. Um, in that meantime, if you happen to still be in the chat, please feel free to drop in your uh, your suggestions for Cool Wars. Um, cool if- Wars. Cool, cool Wars. Wars. I miss Lucas saying that, yeah. <laughs> um, if you don't happen to have any, that's cool. Uh, wars. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got we got, we got, got one in our back pocket. So um, we're going to cut to break real quick, and we will be right back. I guess you didn't see my, my did you not see my Batman impression or my Joker impression? I guess not from a couple episodes ago. Like the beginning no. of the episode was like, I was like, Liam said, I can't, or John or one of them said like, I can't do a uh, Joker impression. And I was like, <laughs> like that's, that's how we opened the fucking show. I think that was the last episode we did, but I spit everywhere just now. Oh my God. Um, so it looks like we have uh, some cool war suggestions here in the chat. Um, uh, I'll go through them in a minute. Um, but uh, for those of you at home who are listening slash watching us live, if you don't know what Cool Wars is, Cool Wars is a game we like to play at the end of every episode of the Thundercast. So this is the last segment that you're going to see. Um, unless we want to maybe answer some questions or whatever at the very, very, very end post-show. We're going to end the show and then... 
we'll maybe do like a 10, 15 minute Q&A. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but having said that, Cool Wars is a game we like to play at the end of every single, every single episode of uh, the Thundercast in which we pit two people um, from various pieces of media up against each other in a battle of coolness. Uh, coolness is based off of a scale entirely uh, based upon uh, a bullshit scale that we've built slash the definition of <laughs> our cool. own or you know to simplify it our own biases our own biases that's yeah. right you can go and google the the definition of cool and we kind of base it off of all the definitions of the word cool um having said that our cool wars um suggestions are as follows um so i'm gonna go kind of off of the chat but i'm gonna suggest the people and then we will decide who are pitting up against each other so we have Luke Skywalker, Deadshot, Dr. Manhattan, Galactus, Wolverine, who we've already done Wolverine, so unfortunately Wolverine is out of the races here. Um, we have Ad- Adult Alan Par- Parrish from uh, Jumanji. <laughs> uh, and then we, that's it. So we have, the, we have all of those. So um, because the amount of people watching the show is less than the amount of people in my life. Uh, <laughs> oof. <laughs> uh, so I think it'd be fun to maybe do uh, Manos here suggested and Tanya both suggested one and one. So we have Doctor Manhattan and Alan, uh, adult Alan Parrish from Jumanji. Ooh, all right. Is that something we should? Should we do that? Doctor Manhattan versus adult Al- Alan Parrish. Uh, I'll be real. I've never. Uh... I have never done. Uh, I've never in, ingested any uh, thing with Doctor Manhattan in it. Oh, uh, and and it has been years since I've seen the original Jumanji, so I don't know if I'll be able to contribute much. <laughs> but I can, I'll try to bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll start talking about the actual uh, Manhattan Project. And be like, ah, oh, shit, wrong one. Bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. Oh man, somebody's gonna make that a gif of me sucking too. <laughs> <laughs> Liam. I saw that. I roll. Okay. <laughs> this is our show. Um, Liam, put 10 minutes on the clock, please. All right. You know what? Because we're live, make it eight. Ooh, All put right. The, put the Ooh. pressure down. All right. All right. Timer's, timer's set. And let's go. Okay. So for those of you at home who don't know who uh, Alan Parrish is, Alan Parrish is the Robin Williams character um, from Jumanji, uh, the famous uh, 1996 i believe is when jumanji came out um but uh yeah so alan Parrish is uh, robin williams character in jumanji um alan uh is sent into the video the the video game the board game of jumanji and must live his days inside of jumanji dr manhattan is a giant blue man with a tiny wiener <laughs> dr manhattan is essentially uh i was the closest thing to a superhero god of ever could be mm-hmm all right, I'll, I'll I'll throw out my my opinion on this, my very very uninformed opinion, but I'm going to sound very confident. So so it, it's an opinion. Great. Um, you should I'm be a politician. That... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I may not I may not be an expert, but I do have a microphone. Um, <laughs> Doctor Manhattan is named after the Manhattan Project, which is the project that created the nuclear bomb, and those yep. things are very very hot. They're not cool. <laughs> and Ella Perry survived in a board game. <laughs> Which probably had winter. Yeah, there's he, 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 but... he had a big old beard to keep him warm. And we've discussed this before. Beards <laughs> are cool. We have discussed this <laughs> many times I mean, on the show. Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan doesn't have any style. He's always naked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doctor Manhattan isn't naked for the whole text of Ed. I don't know anything about him, Liam. <laughs> Stop yelling. <laughs> he definitely he definitely does wear like black underpants. But when he's on Mars, he's like hella nude. 
Cause like, well, the interesting thing about it is the reason why is Dr. Manhattan just, he's like, well, I'm beyond, he, the whole thing with Dr. Manhattan is that he becomes, so, uh, what is it? He, he views time on like a simultaneous level and like he does not connect with human beings anymore. So, and just like fucks off to Mars or whatnot and decides that like, uh, he just doesn't care about human life. And he's just like, well, if I'm all alone, like, why would I even wear clothes? I'll just hang out on Mars. I Liam, think Liam brings up a good point. Liam brings up a good point. Mars. Very cold. Very cold. Um, oh, but we've discussed yeah. this before. Nihilism isn't fucking cool. Yeah, I was going to say, but not cool. It's not at all. I was going to say, but most, the coolest thing about Doctor Manhattan, and I guess just Watchmen as a whole, are the ideas it raises, and just like the questions. Like all of the characters in Watchmen are generally archetypes used to explore a different persona of a super, of a superhero idea. So like Doctor Manhattan's kind of like Superman. Like, but if Superman were just completely invulnerable, like, right. he could snap and, like, uh, turn a bullet into snowflakes. Yeah. Um, which is which is cool. Conjure up giant aliens, purple squid things. Um, <laughs> Manos brought up a point in here, which I disagree with whole, like, entirely. <laughs> which uh, He said, <laughs> Alan could potentially trap Dr. Manhattan in Jumanji if he tricked him into playing and gets lucky or unlucky. To get trapped in the game, similar to how Alan did, Doctor Manhattan is a trans-dimensional being who can see and exist to, uh... in all time. He, yeah. so also, it's, it's explained. Yeah, exactly. They're not physically fighting. That is a thing. But it is explained in the Watchmen text that Doctor Manhattan can see as far forward in human existence and as far backward in human existence. So he would know that this was a trick. And That's he would... also why, if you read his issue of a Watchmen comic, it's completely told out of order to show how he his origin out of order to show how he views time. Yeah, he, so like he'll be talking about what? Oh, yes. Uh, he'll be talking about uh, like so he'll be talking about like like what literally just happened, or like meeting somebody, and then like uh, the next panel will be like thirty years later, and that person's deaf or whatnot. Again, Manos, they are not... Sorry, he said, um, I knew you would say that, um, and it's true. Then so poor Alan is... Oh, if Wait. it was a fight. I just got that. Yeah, so they're not physically fighting. Remember, Cool Wars is not about physical fights. It's about how who is cooler. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we like Liam was saying, like, Dr. Manhattan, like, in terms of being able to, like, personify, like, time itself, that's kind of cool. Like, being able to know when things are going to happen at all times. However, that is also fucking terrifying. Yeah. The thing with Dr. Manhattan and like with all of Watchmen is why Watchmen is, a, is as renowned and fascinating as, as it is is because it's fucking maddening. Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah he's a horrifying character. Like in, in all things considered, Dr. Manhattan is not a good guy. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's kind of a villain in, mo in, in, in most people's eyes. They like him because he's cool in terms of being cool in the sense of look how big and blue it is and he's strong <laughs> and powerful which is not snap and blow yes. people up which we... is missing the entire point of attacks exactly completely missing the point um and i i'll say i'll say a point in, in uh dr manhattan's favor uh in association with the actual manhattan project uh, a really cool quote was said and that is i am uh, i am become death destroyer of worlds <laughs> right uh <laughs> which is yeah. which is a cool quote if very sad but yes. <laughs> yeah, it's very sad. Um, yeah, thing no, with I Alan. Was, sorry, Liam. Go ahead. I was gonna say, like, I'm at a point where I don't know if, in good conscience, I can call Doctor Manhattan cool. I think he's a fascinating character, and the ideas that and the ideas and everything surrounding him are super fascinating. But he's not a cool or good guy, really. Yeah, he's no. essentially he's the equivalent 
of a he's like if a superpower of uh, a, a personification of all power and limitless of just limitless power was a child playing with matches. And to be honest, I find that horrifying. Speaking of children playing yeah. with matches, Alan Parrish was trapped in a board game um, where he most likely had to start fires. Did he have matches? No. Um, he probably had to live entirely in a survivor situation, um, didn't win a million dollars, was stuck in a board no. game where he had to deal with crazy um, evil jungle man who was hunting who him looks down. like his father. Yes. Yeah. Who's Lots of rhinoceroses, if I remember correctly. Rhinocerai. Yeah, rhinoceri. Yeah, right. I don't think that's the plural. <laughs> it is now. We're changing the language. Yeah. Uh, Liam, how much time do we got? A uh, minute and a half. Minute and a half, eh? Um, so I just want to use this minute and a half to ask everybody in the chat if you enjoyed this episode of the Thundercast. If you did, please give us a thumbs up uh, in the chat, not on the YouTube. Although that does help, um, and it's free. It's free to do that. You might as well just hit that thumbs up. It's free. It's there. Do it free um you can also hit subscribe it's also free it doesn't mean anything like we don't make any money from it so just cool for me to look at the numbers um thank you drew uh so yeah uh i think we're running out of bullshitting time i think i already have my i already have my answer answer. yeah i have my answer yeah okay count of three ready three one two one one. alan Alan (laughs) i can't believe Like we we we, we you don't know, see agreed that a Robin Williams character was cooler than a superhero god. I know, right? <laughs> um, we got a we have a chat here that says we did and we want you to make every episode live because why not? Right? Uh, we have a number of reasons why this is a this is a fun fun thing for us to do. Like every once in a while, um, we're we're gonna chat whether or not we want to make it every fifteen episodes or if we want to make it every ten. Um, but you know, like we'll see. Um, it's not, this is not going to be the last one we do live. I know that much. That's that much is, is true. Um, yeah, Lucas, you want to, want to take us home, bud? All right. If you enjoyed this, like Christian said, uh, if you're on YouTube, click that like button, hit that subscribe button, click the little bell. I'm doing all the YouTuber shit. Um, <laughs> uh, also, uh, if you did enjoy this, we're on social media. Obviously, if you're on the YouTube channel, you know where we are with Thunder Lizard Collective. Uh, thank you, Manos. Uh, but <laughs> um, we are on Twitter at Thunder Lizard OG, Instagram and Facebook as Thunder Lizard Collective. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. So what did you say? Sorry, I was looking at the Thund- chat. <laughs> <laughs> this is why uh, we don't do this shit live. <laughs> i have done this for such a long time uh i said twitter thunder lizard og instagram facebook and youtube thunder lizard collective we're also thunder lizard collective on twitch not that that's going to be used that much um it is used occasionally i believe um we also have a patreon at thunder lizard so if uh you uh want to share uh with us uh please do so uh you can go to Christian the... yeah patreon.com slash thunder lizard pretty easy to find pretty good um on that note i would like to thank our patreon subscribers uh so i'd like to thank kate tanya scott and manos um three of you who are in this chat right now and i really appreciate you all being here tonight um what else do we got here lucas um uh please please share the show with your friends and your loved ones force it upon them if necessary um oh man it's been such a long time yeah what, what usually we have music over this so it's less awkward yeah. um, <laughs> 
Uh, other show. What else have we got? There? Oh yeah, other other show that hasn't come out in a very long time, but hopefully will once again come out soon. Once I actually do my job. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thunder and Dragons, where we play D and D with our friend Dan. Um, uh, what else? That's pretty much it. I think. Uh, All right, cool. I mean, I, we have a couple of other projects that I, you know, I'm working on. Liam's working on. Lucas is working on. But those will come up as as time kind of goes on. Um, having said that. This has been the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam. Oh, Liam, you usually say, see ya. You didn't do it this time. You threw me off, man. <laughs>